Creek. <laughs> stomp, oh. stomp, stomp, stomp. Peas and carrots, peas and carrots. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Look at that. What? Look at what? Mark, what is that? This shirt? Oh, it's like not that interesting. No, the giant circus tent. Oh, the giant you. circus That's tent. In our small studio. It's so big. Yeah, was that always there? Wait, you guys didn't put this circus tent up here? Uh, wait, it was like this when oh, you I got didn't here? put up the circus tent. Yeah, no. well, as you guys know, I normally like sleep here in the, in the studio, and I woke up and the tent was here. Yeah, so you're I've, very committed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, committed. Definitely. That's the reason I live in the studio, not because More of like any other reason. More like needs to be committed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, back to the tent. So yeah. You don't oh know yeah. How this no, came. I. I mean, we're not fumigating or anything. Yeah. Okay. You don't know how it got here. Should we check it out? Should we go in there? I don't know. We're gonna totally get busted. It doesn't really look like there's an entrance or anything, though. It's. Oh nope. There's a little hole that appeared in the wall. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You just heard it. That's it. <laughs> this isn't concerning at all. I'm sure it's just a normal tank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll be fine as long as there's not any clowns. I'm kind of afraid of clowns. So as long as we don't see clowns or watch a movie that has clowns, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, it's, it's a real coincidence that we were coming together to watch, to record this episode on Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and here's this giant tent. Wait, Steve, no. We were supposed to do the Octagon episode today. Oh. Did you watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Oh, my mistake. Yeah. yeah. No, it's Halloween. We're doing a Chuck Norris movie. <laughs> Scared. Nothing scarier than that, his acting. Yeah. Um, yeah, this place, now we're in the tent. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This place. we just walked in that hole. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's describe like. Describe everything I see. It's all these colorful, long hallways. Yeah, There's I, a Star Wars room, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Instead, of, instead of describing it, I'll just say it was decorated like it was from Clowns or Us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, despite the fact that we felt that we were in sort of a dangerous situation inside the tent, I felt the need to still sort of make jokes and, like, goof around, mm -hmm. you know, while we were walking through it. I figured there would be no problem with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think that makes sense. And also, like, deny any reasonable or logical explanation and try to find an excuse for everything that's odd in this place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I've never been in a tent with so much tubes. Like, there's so many tubes and rods and narrow hallways it, yeah, it's 2023. Didn't we stop doing circuses as a as a collective? There's still circuses going. Yeah, hashtag yeah. hashtag all, all circuses. <laughs> yeah, hashtag PD Barnum was not a good person. Let's cancel yeah. circuses. I, I did like The Greatest Showman. Though. Oh, I did love The good. Greatest Showman, though. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Steve, I told you we're not doing The Greatest Showman. We're doing Killer Clowns from Outer Space. What about the octagon? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> What did we just watch? The movie trivia quiz show podcast. Today's episode is about the 1988 science fiction horror comedy film Killer Clowns from Outer Space by the Cholo Brothers and starring Grant Kramer, Susan Snyder, John Allen Nelson, and John Vernon. 
In this movie, aliens who look like clowns come from outer space and terrorize a small town. A synopsis that's basically as long as the title of the movie. I'm your host, Mark Nessel, and our contestants this week are Steve Goff, playing as Circus Steve Soleil. Hello, hello. thank you, yes. <laughs> Mo McGee, playing as UF Mo. Hey, yeah. And Bob Killian, playing as Bobbo the Clown. Honk, honk. And, of course, our contestants are playing for this week's mystery prize that will be revealed at the end of the show. In Yeah, so Killer Clowns. In a reverse of last week's movie, this um, movie was actually originally titled Killer Clowns, and they changed it to Killer Clowns from Outer Space to make it seem less like a slasher movie. Wow. Um, yeah. This is another one of our spooky season episodes. I wanted to go around the room. We also did this before on movie night. So this did any of you guys not see it on movie night or is this your first viewing of this? I did not see it on movie night. Uh, I It's my first full viewing of it. We watched this once in high school and I got too scared and stopped watching. Was that were, like, I don't remember watching it in I high school. We were at like Nick's house or something. It was hmm. in the basement. And I remember he was so excited to watch it. And I'm like, what the hell is this movie? I've never heard of this yeah. before. That's interesting. I don't remember watching this in high school. I remember first watching it in college, but I guess we did. I've seen this movie before. I, uh, I had a temporary crown fall off once. You want to talk about bar- body horror while we were watching this movie? <laughs> that I do remember. Yeah, so I had to leave. and But I think I had even seen it before then. Um, so I've seen this movie several times, yeah. yeah. What about you, Bob? You have a history with this movie? Yeah, so I am not a big fan of horror films. I'm not a big fan of slasher films especially. But let me tell you what I am a big fan of. Clown antics. You know, pie <laughs> oh, yeah. is... Uh, you know, silly clown activities, big fan of silly clown activities. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of mentioned it at the top, like they wanted to market this movie less as a slasher movie, which is like a rarity. Normally slasher movies are like the things that you can sell, like super cheap, like drive-in mm-hmm. sort of fare. It's the the um, Chi- Chiodo brothers, I think it's how it's pronounced. Um uh, they're um, a group of uh, four brothers who do a lot of special effects work. And they're the ones who I think they share, like totally share director's credit on this or um, slash like writing credits slash producer credits slash like a lot of the special effects credits on this. And I think a bunch of them are actually inside the clown suits as well. Oh. So they've done a ton of stuff, especially claymation. They've done pretty much all the claymation sequences on The Simpsons um they've done like a bunch of other stuff too their imdb is pretty neat um but yeah this is the one and only time that they've ever done like writing or directing or anything and i think it kind of shows because as good as they are at like the techniques of film even like the lighting and the sound design i think this is all really well done but the movie sags a bit in plot and story structure it's basically just a bunch of set pieces for like (laughs) jokes and gags and like special effects and as you as bob said a lot of pie or clown antics and pie and pie yeah that 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 is incorporated in the umbrella of clown antics um but yeah you also mentioned you're not a big fan of clowns mo um i while i was researching this I pulled this from the evil clown entry on Wikipedia. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, because there is an entire Wikipedia um, 
entry on evil clowns and like the fear of clowns. Researchers who have studied um, the phobia of clowns believe that there is some correlation to the uncanny valley effect. Additionally, clown behavior is also transgressive, so like antisocial behavior, which mm-hmm. can create feelings of unease. And you, uh, they do a lot with a little in this movie. There's a lot of clowns just standing, turning slowly, looking at people, mm-hmm. and it really does a lot of scaring without a lot of like direct menacing of people. Yeah, this movie's pretty freaky. I feel like um, compare at least compared to Chopping Mall. This actually felt like a horror movie. There was a lot of like scares, a lot of freaky things, um, and the, and the clowns. So like, I'm not like terrified of clowns. I just don't like clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I read somewhere too about the fear of them and how it's like their their faces don't move, they're not emoting, and so there's like a disconnect and a lack of trust between that. Um, and these clowns definitely did not have any facial features. There was one point where a clown was slurping a human being, and his lips mask rubber would move back and forth but that was the most their faces moved mm-hmm. so they really had some freaky moments of just the turning the heads around staring with those eyes um yeah this movie was pretty scary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i yeah, definitely no. think that the movie would be more scary if the clowns were like not clay masks like i actually think mm-hmm. the clay mask like the clay masks are pretty scary looking but imagine if like people's faces we're making those creepy expressions and like looking at people like I feel like that would be more scary. I actually think it makes it less scary that they're sort of like these weird, creepy clay masks. Yeah, yeah. like more like a Bill Skarsgård doing um, Pennywise. He got to emote right. more because his face was painted. Mm-hmm. I kind of disagree with you guys. I really like the clown, the clay, the big masks, how like wet and scaly they are. The little bit of emoting they do do, like the cur- the fact that they can make their smiles like real high or yeah. real wide or something like that. Um, obviously people have different opinions about it and I don't disagree that you could also do a lot with, like you said, the Skarsgar. Um, and there's a couple of other interesting, like kind of contemporary clown movies. I don't have them pulled up right now, but there's just a lot you can do. I think the fact that this is more like a horror comedy, like lends itself to the clay heads mm-hmm. a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I oh. actually like the clay head a lot. I just, uh, think, I think it actually works because it's less scary like if it was more Mm -hmm. scary i feel like this would be a different movie you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of the horror in this movie sort of comes from dramatic irony which um chopping mall has this too where it's a lot of characters acting around the the villains (laughs) without realizing they're villains um and this movie has a ton of it like Mm -hmm. it's almost everyone who confronts the clowns is not immediately frightened of the clowns which is stupid because (laughs) one they're like eight feet tall yeah that was the thing i was gonna say they're not shaped like people Mm -hmm. they're like shaped like people in like two arms two legs and a head but not like the size or like the width or anything like that and like you see one of them maybe you see like 20 of them you're like it's over like you have to run yeah yeah um, I also just think that there's an existential threat to this movie that is mm-hmm. not present in a lot of other movies where it's like, okay, not only are aliens are real, but they are <laughs> clown shaped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Like, we, if, if 
clown aliens touchdown tomorrow like our conception of the cosmology of the universe is way way off yeah absolutely like, way off yeah what was the evolutionary path they took yeah. why do they look like clowns oh not to jump too far ahead but one of the scenes i really liked and it was i think the only time exposition was discussed mm-hmm. was much much later on like 10 15 minutes left in the movie when they're going to rescue debbie and they're going through the, uh, the the big top, and they're discussing the four characters like what these clowns could be. And it's the only time anyone ever mentions the fact that like, yeah, they're, we're confirming they're extraterrestrial. Where they come from? And I think it was Dave who said something like, maybe that's where our perception of clowns come from. Like maybe they existed before. And then like I'm like, that's really interesting. I would have loved if they explored that more or made that decision. And then it got to a point where they're just like. Let's stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Back yeah. to this back to the silly stuff. That scene is like a writer's room when they came up with yeah. the premise of this movie. They've named like four other movie premises that like could work in the kind using the same props and like iconography of this movie. Yeah. This movie's exactly like Chariot of the Gods, like except instead <laughs> of like angels being gods or angels being aliens, it's clowns. Yeah. yeah. But that's the other thing I wanted to bring up because not only is there clowns, but these things are very unapologetically aliens yes. where mm-hmm. it's like the the you get like the clown like stuff but then they also have kind of like a it's a, they're like the mars attack style of aliens where it, it really does seem that they are attacking us for like a purpose in this case the clowns are like eating people mm-hmm. but there also does seem to be sort of a interest in messing with us like mm-hmm. it like sort of yeah. like i mean it really like all pretext is dropped in the like scene with the sheriff like when he's puppeting the yes. sheriff it becomes uh-huh. independence day right. which that's the exact scene from yes. independence day where the aliens puppet the person where it like explains like we're just gonna kill you it's not even like it's like clinical where they're like, we need to eat the humans to survive or anything. It's like, we're also messing with you. Explicitly malicious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other um, people I would say are um, alien are the humans in this movie. You kind of brought it up, Steve, but like there are four or five major decisions that some of the humans in this um, make, and we'll get to it that don't make any sense. But like (laughs) the entire movie is a house of cards and we'll, the plot will just collapse if like Mooney doesn't believe that any of the clowns are like a real threat and like the um, Dave character takes like three beats too long to like believe in the clowns after Mm -hmm. we've seen all this evidence of it and stuff like that. And also how, when we'll definitely talk about this, the weird love triangle between the three (laughs) characters, like that being included, like totally like makes this like more, almost more sinister than the clowns trying to eat people. (laughs) In many ways. Oh, for a second, I thought you meant the the two ice cream truck drivers and the two lady clowns. In the oh, we're gonna pit. talk about that. Yeah. Too. Oh, well, that yeah, that's that's the entire third act of yeah. this podcast. <laughs> uh, one more thing I'll just mention about the clown um, like fear stuff because this movie also made me think a lot about. I forget when this happened. It might have been like outside of Massachusetts somewhere where there are actual reports of clowns coming out of the woods mm-hmm. and luring children. And I don't. Again, maybe the alien clowns came first i don't know what came first is it the fear of clowns people dressed up with them because people were afraid or did that incite a fear of clowns that there were criminals out there dressed as clowns doing things and it's pretty crazy because i i went to check the runtime of this movie on imdb before i started it and i just put in killer clowns thinking it would pop up 
guess what number this was on the IMDb search list if you just put in Killer Clowns? Really? This isn't like the first one. I know there's like a million probably. It's but this six. Wow. There are si- five other movies before this one comes up when you put in the word for movies, Killer Clowns. It's wild. I... I guess it works. People are afraid of them, but it is just crazy. There's that many movies out did, there. Did you put killer? Uh, did you put clowns with a K? Um. Yeah, because remember, <laughs> and and I made a point. I control F through this whole thing. I I always make because again, they're not humans. They're aliens. They're so clowns. they're clowns with a K. Yeah, another mistake I made when I was searching for the movie. I typed killer clowns from Earth. I was oh, oh. what yeah. a dummy. Those are other. Yeah. Those are the ones. Terrestrial the killer yeah. clowns. Yeah, <laughs> Earthbound killer clowns mm-hmm. that live in the woods and lure children we'll start with going over some of the people in the movie um there's actually not a ton of of like actors in this movie there's a ton of extras in this movie um but yeah i've got maybe like seven or eight people that we get to go through so the first one is who is mike tobacco I didn't realize that was his last name. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. There's no. All the last names are just on the like in the like um thing. Tobacco. Yeah. Um. Mike is the boyfriend. He is currently dating Debbie, and uh, he's really goofy and not too stable. Yeah. Mr. Sweater. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's got. This is some proto Seinfeld like fashion that he's got on. Um. So actually, um, coincidentally, like this past week. On our movie night, we watched New Year's Evil, which was actually this actor Grant Kramer's first film. Oh wow! Um, he did this movie about eight years after that. He's done a couple of other movies, back, but he's mostly a producer now. He's done he does a lot of TV production. Oh. So the only thing I have written down here is New Year's Evil, another really good bad like eighty minute like um, <laughs> slasher movie from the eighties. The next person I have here. Who is Debbie Stone? Uh, this is our female lead. Um, she's dating Mr. Sweater. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, the, um, this she's played by Suzanne Snyder. I have a few more interesting roles for her. <laughs> um, so she's in several great B-horror movie comedies from the 80s. So she's in this. She's in Night of the Creeps. She's in Return of the Living Dead, I think part two. Or one or two, I can't remember. She's also in Weird Science. She plays Anthony Michael Hall's main um, like love interest. Oh. Um, but most importantly for this group, knowing the um, people I'm I'm in the studio with, she also has two roles in Seinfeld. No, oh. two different roles. Two different roles. <laughs> like she's the rare person who plays two different characters in Seinfeld, mainly because. She plays one of the neo-Nazis in the episode The Limo. Mm. Oh, so she's sort of like oh, just yeah. a but she. Yeah, but she plays Jerry's girlfriend and the daughter of um, Poppy, um, who's reluctant oh, to try Poppy. the apple pie oh. in the episode The Pie. <laughs> yeah, I think those are two, like, they probably came after this, so she's, like, a little older. Um, so, yeah, that I, I thought that that would uh, fly in this group. Um, so the next character that I have here is, who is Dave Hansen? Um, Dave is our young police officer who likes to be a good cop 
and previously dated Debbie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, one of the one of the thruple, I'm gonna say. Yeah, he went to poli- the police academy. We're told over and over again. Yeah, how dare he be trained to be yeah. a cop? <laughs> yeah, so he's got an interest. I've got a long list of of things I want to talk about with this actor, John Allen Nelson. Yeah, my favorite thruple he's ever been is the band Hanson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hanson brothers. Um, so he's a prolific TV actor. You might have seen him. He's in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend most recently, uh, but he was also at a long recurring role in 24 and Baywatch. Oh. He plays, um, I can't think of the name of the guy in Baywatch. Wait, do you know who he was in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? Um, no, I'd it's have to I, look that up. Yeah, I can look up that um, But again, for the most importantly for this podcast, he played Deathstalker in Deathstalker <laughs> Three. Oh wow! So we have back to back Deathstalker. Yeah, because wow. the the, um, the dude who was chewing a lot and in um, Chopping mm-hmm. Mall played Deathstalker in Deathstalker Two. Mm. So this is a double dipping of Deathstalkers. Wow. Um, wow! Yeah, I'm gonna be real disappointed if our next movie isn't also a Deathstalker <laughs> actor. Yeah, yeah. Deathstalker Four. There is, there's four Deathstalker movies. Oh, and I don't okay. think we've done the guy f- who played Deathstalker the first one. So we've only gotten two and three, but you got to catch them all. There we go. <laughs> the next um, person on, um, on our list here, who is Curtis Mooney? Uh, Bob? So that is the veritable warhead of asshole. The cop yeah. uh, who is, like, just totally denies everything. Yeah, he, he is... Pl- I would expect nothing less from Dean Warner. Yeah, Dean <laughs> Warner. John Vernon, who is a Canadian television actor who had a late turn in a bunch of movies starting in, like, the 60s and maybe, like, early 70s, more like. He plays Fletcher in The Outlaw Josie Wales. Um, he's the mayor in Dirty Harry, oh. who has, like, an opposite personality where he's upset that um dirty harry is is like um abusing people's rights and he's the bad guy for it and in this movie he's the cop that abuses people's rights but uh, i said most importantly for me growing up as as a kid whose dad showed him animal house probably a little too young because it was his favorite movie he's dean warmer in animal house my dad did the same yeah (laughs) yeah you either you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself acting in killer clowns yeah (laughs) Yeah. Steve, I know Speak. you. I know you also are a big fan of uh, Clancy Brown, and I feel like mm-hmm. his voice is very similar to Clancy Brown. It is Clancy yeah. Brown esque. You're not wrong. Yeah, which is weird because Clancy Brown's not a. Um, he's not Canadian, right? No, I don't think so. But I thought you were gonna say Marshall Justice because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve, you're a big fan of taking the law into your own yeah. hands, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, who needs that? Who needs to be trained to poli- be a police officer? Yeah, Clancy Brown's from Ohio, and Vernon's from Canada, so somehow there's like an overlap in voices or something between the two areas they grew up. Um, So I have um, the next question here. Um, There are two brothers. Does anybody remember the names of the two uh, the names of the two brothers? Uh, I think it's Rich and Paul. Uh, yeah, do you remember the last name? Yeah, the yeah, Terenzi brothers. The Terenzi brothers. Yeah. The so, Super Terenzi brothers. Yeah, so they were actually a comedy duo that performed a lot at the comedy store in L.A. That's how um, these guys got discovered. They were on, I think, like the Gong Show and a bunch of like late night shows and stuff like that, too. Um, 
I couldn't really find too much besides this that they were in. But yeah, they were like a duo before they came into this movie. I could not get what they were trying to make their personality be. Like they kept kind of changing it, be like, oh, look, there's the nerdy guys. Oh, look, mm-hmm. there's the pervy guys. Oh, look, um, I hang out with those two guys in school. They're fine. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Like, oh, you can't trust those Terenzi brothers. Oh, they always land on their. It was just too many things they were trying to make them be. <laughs> and at the same time, they had no personality. Yeah, it's sort of like that. Like the um, there's a famous like or inf- like a Gary Busey quote that comes to mind where he, he says you were either a jock, a greaser, or a geek in high school, like when he was in high school in, mm-hmm. I don't know, the 60s or whatever. And um, so they seem like they're in the general, like, like geek sort of, <laughs> of bubble where it's like they're not very athletic and they're not very smart and they're not very, like, socially, mm-hmm. like, um, like ina- they're socially inept. But, yeah, as you said, like, sometimes they're, like, funny. Sometimes they're, like um, – it's just a very kind horny. of confused. Yeah, they're, they they do the horny thing. Yeah, it does seem like an older style of like character to throw in. Yeah, when we were watching, because um, this is a similar type of character to the guy in the Shaggy DA. And I remember when we watched that movie, I was like, is this some sort of pre-existing character? Or And it is the case with these two brothers where they were that comedy routine mm-hmm. because it feels like it's not, coming from the same place as the rest of the stuff in the movie. Goofball yeah. ice cream, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's like a reoccurring theme on this podcast. Goof, goofball ice cream, man. Just wait till we watch the ice cream, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, um, Clint Howard. Clint Howard, yeah, yeah. that movie is good. Um, <laughs> and maybe next maybe next spooky mm-hmm. season. Um, a very like excellent performance by Clint Howard yeah. in a otherwise kind of forgettable movie. <laughs> um but anyway, before we start talking about Clint Howard, the next actor I want to talk about is, does anybody remember who Gene Green was? Big mean Gene Green. Is he the man in the beginning whose dog gets kidnapped? Yes, the no. farmer. Farmer Gene Green. So I had, I had to talk about him. <laughs> so he's played by Royal Dano who was a longtime character actor. I think his career was almost 60 years. And this was like in the tail end. This was maybe like within the last couple of movies that he did. Um, But he was in Twin Peaks um, and a couple of other like television shows you probably have heard of. But again, the most important for this group is he voiced Lincoln in the Hall of Presidents, um, first at the um, World's Fair um, show in Disneyland, (laughs) but then if anybody has been to the Hall of Presidents, when Lincoln's voice comes across, it's the same as this guy, the farmer who gets killed in this. I was more sad about the dog. Yeah. That dog was the first to die, it was not okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also have here, even though I don't, I I think his name is mentioned, so I guess I will ask this question. I got one more named character to ask. Did anybody, did anybody catch who Bob McReed was? Yes, because it shocked me when I saw the credits. Mm -hmm. Um, He was the friend who was at the makeout point in the beginning with the glasses, and he's played by um, Christopher Titus. Yeah, Christopher Titus, the comedian. Yeah. 
Um, Christopher Titus, I believe he was a local hire because he wasn't in anything before this. And okay. it was shot nearby where he grew up in California, from what I understand. He was so young. I, I honestly, it did not click with me until I saw the credits rolling. And I, I had to like go look it up to make sure it was actually him. Because I like Christopher Titus. He's a great comedian, but it, he was just so young in it. Yeah, I haven't really listened to him much since. But I was a big like stand-up comedy nerd when I was like in middle school. And he had a couple of Comedy Central specials, which before... The internet was really the only way you could consume comedy, <laughs> um, like stand-up comedy specifically, at least when you were a middle schooler. Um, but yeah, he's in that scene at the beginning, and then he's at Makeout Point, and then his glasses make an appearance in the second act, and that's <laughs> it. So, Well, he has the great scene where he's crossing the road with two giant grocery bags full of beer and mm -hmm. you know it's beer because it just says beer on the side mm -hmm. of it yeah oh yeah you didn't get beer growing <laughs> up like beer be brand beer yeah it's beer. the brand it's the name it's mm -hmm. the everything yeah beer brand beer drink it <laughs> we have way too many uh you know hoppy ipas with their crazy names whatever happened to good old beer mm -hmm. it's for you <laughs> um so i'm glad you brought up the opening of this movie so um, a little bit before we see Christopher Titus, did anybody clock how this movie opens? It's something that has reoccurred several times in movies that we've done here. Um, yeah. Uh, is this the shooting star you're referencing? Uh, no. Um, um, is it the intro song that gives you the plot? As a, a, a titular theme song. Yeah, we love a titular theme song. So yeah, this movie begins with a titular theme song, which we love a titular theme song here. The song is written by um, Leonard Graves Phillips of the Dickies, who were sort of an L.A.-based um, punk band that's like done a bunch of like um, uh, like has, a, has I think they're still around. They have a, like a ton of records and. I think they've done a ton of music um, for movies like of different like budgeting levels. But much like um, Weird Al and the saga begins, um, Phillips was not given any information about this movie other than the title when he wrote the song. Wow. And I think it sort of shows in the lyrics. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're just pretty vague about like killer clowns from outer space. So I have here a list of um, lyrics some of them are real lyrics from the move uh, from the song, and some of them are lyrics I made up. Um, and so we'll go around and we'll see: is this a true lyric from the titular theme song "Killer Clowns from Outer Space" by the Dickies, um, or is this one that Mark made up for the premise of this um, this uh, game show? So um, I'll start, and we'll just um, go around. Um, the first one is. It's time to take a ride on the nightmare merry-go-round. I think that's a real line. Think that's a real line? I think that's made up. Made up? Real one. That was a real line. So the next one that I have here, their cotton candy and balloons will only send you to your doom. I think that's a real line as well. I'm going to say real. I'm going to be contrary and say fake. That's one I made up. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. The next line I have, come one, come all to their carnival of terror. I think you made that up. I'm going to say that's real. Uh, real. That one I made up. Ah. <laughs> uh. 
mean, I actually wrote some lines down. I've gotten every single one wrong so far. <laughs> some make us laugh. Some make us cry. These clowns are these clowns only going to make you die. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'll say that was in the song. I think that was in the song, too. In the song. Yep, that one was in the song. I think I flubbed the um, the delivery there. See a rubber nose on a painted face bring genocide to the human race. <laughs> um, I'm going to say you made that up. I'm going to say it's in the song. I'm pretty sure I remember that from the song. I think it's in the song. It is in the song. Oh, I wrote that one down. Bringing genocide to the human... Ra- the, the song was so like poppy and catchy, and then talking about genocide casually was just... Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, two more. Watch out for that pie. One hit and you might die. I think you made this up. I want to say in the song. Mark Nessel. I made that one up. And so I actually did have one more question, but those are all the li- those are the lines from the thing. So one last question for this round. So this is a movie that has something else we love where one of the characters says the name of the movie. <laughs> Does anybody remember which character says the name of the movie? Bob. Yes, uh, it is Mooney. He comes in and he says, "Ah, oh, killer clowns from outer space." Because I know, I remember because I stood up and applauded when he said it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was on the edge of my seat that whole scene with every time Vernon's on screen. But then when he said that, I did applaud as well. That's when I chugged my drink. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, pumping my fist. So that's the end of the first round. Uh, Mo, would you mind reading the scores, please? Yes, we got a tight first round. At the end of the first round, um, I'm in third place with five points. Steve is in second place with six, and Bob has a lead with seven. So now that the theme song is out of the way, we can get into the plot, (laughs) quote-unquote, of this movie. Um, so we open up on our town. The first question for this round is, can anybody tell me the name of this town? Oh. Is it Clowns Hollow? It's not Clowns Hollow. Oh, bummer. I know half of it. I can't remember the first half. It's an alliteration. Yeah. I'll guess. Mm-hmm. Coastal Cove? No. Bob, uh, do you have Toon a guess? Town? Toontown. That's <laughs> it. No, it's a Crescent Cove. Crescent Cove. Mm. Yeah. I remembered the Cove Parks. I remember seeing the sign, and the clowns were walking so slow, and it said, um, Crescent Co- Clove, Cove, five miles. And I'm like, it's going to take them forever to get there at the way oh, they're yeah. walking. I can't believe they named the whole town after those dinner rolls. Mm-hmm. I really loved them there. No, Crescent Cove, not Crescent Rolls. <laughs> and then we get the, again, um, Christopher, we get Christopher Titus walking with the poorly concealed beer brand beer. Um, and we get John Vernon absolutely seething in his <laughs> cop car. I've never, in like the whole thing, it's like an all white, like little like stars hollow. And John Vernon hates 
everyone in the town. Why live here then if you hate everyone? Because he's power hungry and they give him ultimate authority. I I suspect it's a situation where they moved him out of another like police precinct. Oh no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was wondering how he passed a psych exam to become a cop or if mm-hmm. they even had that since he didn't go to the academy either. Yeah, I, I suspect that that's not the case. But um, we... Like a Wild West, like no one wants the job. Here's the badge, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, so we move very quickly from Crescent um, Cove, like downtown, up to the top of the world, the makeout point. It seems like there's only two places in Crescent Cove. There is makeout point and then the town center. Like that's the only two. Um, their economy is based off of those two things. <laughs> um, and then while the teenagers are canoodling on makeout point, they're interrupted by the ice cream truck. Did anybody remember the name of the ice cream truck? Oh. Uh, JoJo's Ice Cream. Yeah, JoJo the Ice Cream Clown of JoJo's Ice Cream, yeah. And then we get the two, um, I've already forgotten their names, the Tizin, Terenzi. Terenzi, Terenzi, yeah. Yes, the Terenzi brothers who are already at it. They are bickering, and they have um, two dates in the car. And I wrote this down. The girl said, you didn't say anything about parking, which, again, it sort of makes more sense for her to say, like, you didn't say anything about coming to make out point or top of the world. But she's like, you didn't say anything about parking. It's like as if our plan was to jump out of the moving car. Like, you told us we could eat all the ice cream we want and then tuck and roll. Also, as you sell ice cream out of a moving car. Yeah, I guess, but like nothing in this movie is implied. It's like the one time that anything, because John Vernon straight up says, I'll kill you. Like he's never like, (laughs) he never is like sort of like, oh, like I'm angry. He's always like, I will shoot you. I will, I will murder you. Like, so it's like literally the, those, um, that character is the one time when there's any sort of implication in the whole movie. And it's confusing. I think that whole scene was supposed to just. Um, show how horny they were, but also kind of like make a bunch of innu- innuendos, which I guess parking is one. Cause they're at one point he's like, like, hold on, hold on, keep your shirt on. She's like, don't worry. I will. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's absolutely the intent, but it really <laughs> fluctuates and it's just uh, for a, for a 15 second scene. It's real confusing. What were you going to say, Bob? When Mooney sees uh, the guy crossing the street and he's like looking at him, he's like real mad. I was trying to figure out, like, wait, why is he mad? And then I didn't realize at the time that I would be trying to figure that out the whole movie. Why is he? <laughs> why is he so angry? Yeah. Also, I have a question. While we're on this, our main characters, or at least Mike and Debbie, are teenagers, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know we don't always know in these type of movies how old people are. But I got really confused because she used to date a guy who was a cop now, and maybe with another situation where he was a few years older, and I'm guessing they were underage, and that's why the whole beer thing made him angry. But I don't know. I was just super confused by their age, how they, there was no parents, and nothing was really, really obvious about that. Yeah, they do explicitly say Debbie tells Dave that Mike goes to school with her. So That's right. Okay. The other thing, though, is... And this is sort of the explanation for Moody. It's a college town. 
They talk about people going to the That's university right. and living. So my assumption is these are actually college students or like or like college age students. Okay, like, that would make more sense because they were talking about, oh, Debbie has two like pretty roommates. And I'm like, roommate? Okay, so the college Well, thing that I think sense. was a lie when he said that, <laughs> but yes. Well, no, yeah, but I was thinking like, do you have roommates, I guess, when you're like an adult? But then if you're an adult and you have your own place, why are you going to make out point? Like you have an apartment at that point. You can make out there. You don't have to like sneak out anywhere to go make out like i don't know i was really back and forth with that yeah i think it's like a small college town and like the people probably rent houses in the town or so like students rent houses in the town would be my assumption but yeah, they, they all go to cccc Oh, Crescent Cove Community College. oh yeah For well, killer clowns. well no that'd be kkcc then <laughs> um so we, again, we're like 90 seconds into the movie and we're on our fourth or fifth scene. Um, we now cut to um, Farmer Green's homestead where he appears to be reading a book that has pictures of posters of Haley's Comet on it. <laughs> like it's like a picture of like Haley's Comet, like a book of Haley's Comet like memorabilia. It's like he's scrolling eBay for Haley's <laughs> Comet posters. Um, but um, so he's sitting there with his dog. Does anybody remember the name of the dog? It's Pooh. We call him Pooh Bear. Yeah, Pooh Bear. Yeah, which again is like a weird thing because yeah, he mostly calls him Pooh. And in that voice, just him saying like Pooh, Pooh. <laughs> It's like, what's going on? <laughs> also, he was so excited when he thought Haley's Comet fell in his backyard. Yeah. Haley's Comet is very famous for continuously circling and like coming back every, what is it, 28 years or yeah. something it's like that? It's gotta fall like, sometime. I guess it does. It's just like. You know his astronomical bodies. <laughs> Well, he didn't finish the book yet. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. after he read about all the posters of Haley's Comet and stuff, eventually he'd learn that. Yeah, don't give him guff. He hasn't gotten to the end yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, but so the farmer, as you said, is super, super excited that um, Haley's Comet has seemingly landed in his backyard. Does anybody remember he names a list of things that people who come to see Haley's Comet are going to view? Did anybody catch, like, what the list entails? This one I, I wanted to at least include in conversation. It might be hard to do as a question, but does anybody remember? He says, um, they're going to bring blank and blank and blank and blank. Um, if nobody remembers, he says, yeah, hot dogs, helicopters, airplanes, and tacos are the four <laughs> things he says these yeah. people are going to bring. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. What? <laughs> it, yeah, and again, I looked it up today. I, I was like... Does he say they're going to arrive in helicopters and airplanes? And hot dogs. <laughs> but no, he says they're going to bring hot dogs, they're going to bring helicopters and airplanes, and tacos. So yeah. he sandwiches the two modes of transportation with food yeah. and presents it to us that way. Exactly. If, if you look closely at his porch, he's got two other books. One of them is Emerald's Cookbook. Uh, and the other one is like aviation history. <laughs> three, three things he knows. Yeah, yeah, but you can, and you can also, if you really pause it, you can see where the bookmarks are. So he do, he doesn't like understand right. cooking or like aviation yet. When he gets to the end, well, that's why he hasn't finished anything. He keeps jumping back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a real polymath, Farmer Green. Um, but he goes to investigate the um, comet. And brings three objects. Does anybody remember the three objects he brings to investigate the comet? Not not including obviously Pooh Bear. He's not an object. 
He's got a flashlight. Yeah, like a lantern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's got a a big old shovel. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is, he has. It's hanging off the shovel. Right. He's got a a like a big towel. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, does anybody remember? Um, you can have the point, Steve. It's a bucket. He's got a bucket oh, hanging off the shovel, which again implies that Haley's comet is going to be like, <laughs> like a cow patty or something <laughs> like that. He's just going to go out with his shovel and his bucket and just scoop Haley's comet like right in, right in there. Um, and then um, yeah, I have here. Um, Mike wore his best Seinfeld cosplay to make out point. It's got some true, like um. All he's missing is the white sneakers, yeah. and he's like totally jerried up to date um, Poppy's daughter. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. He had that puffy shirt on. Yeah, he had the puffy shirt on. <laughs> he, I was in the pool. Um, then, because um, again, uh, like many of these scenes, there's normally like three scenes going on at once. So Farmer Green has made it to the like tent. Then we cut back to. Mike and Debbie. We had cut back to them before we went to Farmer Green, so we see that they first saw the comet. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to Farmer Green, and this is the part where he's walking around the tent trying to find an entrance. Then Pooh Bear is um, walking along, and somehow he misses the like nine foot silhouette of the clown mm-hmm. like creeping behind him. That's very obvious on the big yellow tent. The big portal opens in the tent, and then a big dog catcher. Um, like a net comes out, another dog catcher net movie. Another dog catcher net. And um, gets Pooh Bear, but somehow leaves his neckerchief, I noticed, which I don't know how that would have happened. Yeah, he gets him so quietly, too. You would think a dog would whine or whimper, but like he just got scooped and pulled back in just like that. Yeah, Pooh Bear is a conscientious objector. He wouldn't like make any noise or anything when he's being like <sighs> uh, like taken. I think I would I'd... start bark- barking <laughs> if I saw one of those giant clowns. Mm-hmm. I just want to point out some of the things that I really appreciated that uh, the guy, what's his name again? The, uh, the farmer guy, farmer green. Yeah. Yeah. Farmer green. It's like, he says, he says that he is hornswoggled. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. The, yeah. He calls the comet a little old sky guppy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he says, well, I'll be greased and fried. That's uh, just a lot mm-hmm. of really great ones. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's, if you haven't seen this movie and I, Please, I implore you to. Any, if you have internet connection, this movie is available to you. It's just free on YouTube. I think it's on the Internet Archives and like any of the Tubi or like Freevee or Amazon Prime, if you have any sort of access to that. But yeah, he's. I suspect that they gave um, Royal like just carte blanche to say anything he wanted. <laughs> like it's like you have to be excited about uh, an asteroid that goes across the screen. So he just goes off. So one of the things that Farmer Green doesn't sell is punching the the tent. He really like they put his hand in the in the frame and then he's like, "Ow!" which do they ever go back to later that the tent's like all metal or anything or I mean, I don't think so, but we do when they go in the tent in the next scene, 
it is like they're in a hallway, which tents yeah. don't normally have hallways. No, tents are famously big and billowy, and it's like one giant room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's no physics to the tent. What's that thing from Doctor Who that's bigger on the inside? The TARDIS? Yeah, yeah, TARDIS. So like, it feels very much just like there is no actual physics that allow this thing to be what it is. It's metal, it's cloth, there's a hole, there's not a hole. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe it's alive. Yeah. yeah, like many but of Eddie- the clown uh, like artifacts in this movie, I feel like that it sort of defies all physics and logic. It's like you just figure that clowns are doing what they want with their stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, I like, thought it made perfect sense. Yeah, it's as a lot of. Um, Steve, aste- why are you wearing that nose right now? Are you? Yeah, it's a lot of aesthetic overfunction in this movie, even though it's a spaceship, something that's famously hard to engineer. Um, so anyway, the clown comes and meets uh, Farmer Green after he's been electrocuted, and they the first time we get to see the laser that uh, sort of, I guess, wraps people in the evil cotton candy, sort of, or maybe turns them into mostly cotton candy. Did yeah. anybody have a theory about that? The first of like five like things I'm gonna ask the group. I'm like, <laughs> does anybody have a theory on how that worked? Yeah, I I kind of thought it was like like freeze drying people, like mm-hmm. or or like when you put them in one of those like laminators and the food is like laminated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the laser has the cotton. So the, it's the person's full full, but then they're covered in the cotton candy. Yeah, but I I do think they're dead. I think it possibly turns part of like their skin into cotton candy or something because mm-hmm. when we see later when they pull the yeah. piece apart, their face is like melted. Yeah, that was my and guess pink. that it almost mm-hmm. like melts them on the outside into like a cotton candy yeah. and then the inside is still like sort fresh like or whatever. A cocoon. Like yeah, yeah, like a cocoon. Yeah. I definitely agree. I'm going to have a hard time talking about this because I really hate body horror, <laughs> yeah. but especially when the, the clown is drinking the human later, it's all pink. So I do mm-hmm. kind of think there's some sort of transmortation mutation mm-hmm. there where they get turned into a liquefied cotton candy. Mm-hmm. They also have that balloon, though, which is a different thing. Yeah. That's a different yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely get yeah. to the balloon for the <laughs> one time that the balloon it makes an appearance. Oh. And there were other balloons, which I appreciated, but I also don't understand why some people were cotton candied and some people were ballooned. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's like you've got your fresh food and then you've got your food that you're freezing for later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Save them for later. Yeah. Um, so now we cut back from the tent to the police station where we first get to see Dave and we first see Dean Warmer like interact with Dave and pretty much this scene basically just establishes that Dave went to the police academy and believes in human rights like (laughs) that's like the big thing that it establishes really we bring in the two punks Mm -hmm. that are like that are harassed by um like Dean Warmer for I guess drinking in the park or They're something like that. They're drinking wine in a graveyard, I think. Or I think they said the park, but the park, yeah, like yeah. yeah, somewhere he picked him up somewhere. Yeah, it sounded pleasant. Yeah, no, it really is. Like if it was a graveyard, it would totally complete the Smiths yeah. like sort of look <laughs> that they've got going right now, or like the Cure. Um, then we cut back to um, Debbie and Mike. Thank God I have all these notes because there's a lot of cuts. Um, <laughs> He, he does a pretty unpleasant impression of a Native American man that Debbie sort of oh, finds yeah. charming for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it establishes they drive to the like area and then they go on foot. Um, 
So then they stumble across the um, the uh, the spaceship slash like circus tent, and this is like the whole time Debbie really wanted to go check it out, and Mike's like not interested. And as soon as they see the tent, the roles are completely reversed. Where Mike's like, "We have to go into this tent." Debbie's like, "No, I don't want to do that anymore." <laughs> Which why not just keep it consistent? Like why not? Like I'm, it's just confusing to me. Because I was like writing up like um, the notes and I'm like, oh, yeah, Debbie is the one who wants to go in the tent. I'm like, no, it's Mike who wants to go in the tent, even though Debbie wanted to find the comet. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so when they first go into the ship, my next question, did anybody remember? um, Did any does anybody remember what the excuse Mike gives for why there's this weird tent here? Well, he says that it's it's a French circus is in town. Uh, yeah, a European. He says this is that new wave European circus fantastique, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to do a New Yorker, like a New York or like an East Coast style impression of like a sort of a guy like come one, come all, like yeah, step right up, little lady. Yeah, exactly, like that sort of thing. Again, more inappropriate jokes that he like. I like, think he says something about like somebody being bulimic or something. And it's like, oh, yeah. I, at that oh, point, yeah. I was like, so do we just expect that all Mike's jokes are inappropriate and not funny? <laughs> I guess yeah. at this point. Yeah, like step up and see the bulimic woman or something terrible like yeah. that. You know how clowns from Earth be walking like this, <laughs> but then clowns, killer clowns from outer space be walking like this. Yeah, it is real. some real, like, is it's fourth or fifth impression, which, or whatever, like, it's, it's not great. Um, <laughs> Debbie loves him. Yeah, and, and she's sort of still charmed by him somehow, despite being really upset about being in the tent. And she, I rem- she says something along the lines of, like, we're going to get caught. Mm-hmm. They're in a tent that has narrow passages, elevators, like hallways with tubes running around it. The big benefit of bringing a tent is that it can be a big, bellowy, like, one big room so you can have your show in it. Mm-hmm. Like, if you walked into a tent and the first thing that you saw was, like, a narrow hallway, you'd be <laughs> like, well, this isn't a circus because there wouldn't be a big, narrow hallway in the circus. Yeah, like, that's not the purpose of having a tent. <laughs> yeah. He also says it looks like it was decorated by Clowns or Us, but it doesn't. Like, clowns <laughs> don't have big tubes or, like like, piping and stuff like that. It looks more like the Enterprise with weird colored lighting mm-hmm. and like paint and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It really does look like a hallway from like Star Trek. And so they're walking around and they finally make it to the matte painting. Mm-hmm. The one like yes album in this like um mm-hmm. movie that looks great. It's this movie really does showcase like pretty much every practical effect I can imagine. They do some stuff in post on the film. They have a ton of great costumes and special effects they do map paintings like all mm-hmm. different types of like stuff it's fun yeah this this really reminded me of um sort of the phantom menace in that in that scene where they they fight darth maul because it's like we see that palace mm-hmm. in the phantom menace and it's like columns like classical mm-hmm. yeah. architecture they turn a corner and suddenly they're in a star wars room. yeah absolutely it, it's it looks so, like it, this like yeah. there's a bottomless pit. there's a bottomless pit yeah. we know we can see the top and the bottom of the yeah. of the tent there's no way there's a bottomless pit in your spaceship wait that's true then later on when they're going down that rope there's like a sarlacc creature coming up to uh, you. we're gonna get to that absolutely i've got questions about that it reminded me also very much of uh forbidden planet 
if you've ever seen oh yeah that. Uh, they're sort of going underground and they sort of come out into this big cavern and it's a matte painting and it's a very similar looking situation where they're like looking down a long shaft and they're like all standing in the you know on a platform yeah, you better believe we're doing Forbidden Planet someday. That movie is weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. And star starring Leslie Nielsen. Oh. In a, how, do you, how do you forbid a whole planet? Well, we'll mm. you'll find out on the episode. Good question. Yeah, this is the point where I think I said out loud, Mike is like a true capital D dummy. Um, when we get to the cotton candy oh, thing boy. and he's like, yeah, this is like the cotton candy. They dry it before they ship it out. What? There's like fog on the ground. That's not how cotton candy works. It famously is like the machine, the little yeah. like machine that they use. And Debbie like goes out of her way to say like, have you ever seen cotton candy like yeah. this before? And yeah. I guess the more I think about it, like that scene drove me crazy because like it just makes you think of like people when they want when they really want to not deny something. Like our brain fills in the blanks for us and tries to think of reasons when even if there is not any explanation for what's happening. But dude. You are in a giant tent with this spaceship-looking, like, hall, like every. there's been so many red flags up to this moment. And then to see so much cotton candy just hanging from this entire room, like, get a grip, man. Come on. Like, mm-hmm. I know that you're the playful, funny guy, and you're just trying to lighten the mood because you don't, don't know what's going on. But, yeah, Debbie was really a voice of reason in that moment. Yeah, the 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 um, in movies when they say there must be a logical explanation for this – I would say like 80% of the time, 70% of the time, they do have a like a logical explanation. Mm-hmm. Like, But then there's the 20% of the time where it's like, there must be a logical explanation for this and then says something that makes less sense yeah. than what the actual <laughs> thing is. Like killer clowns wouldn't be the first thing that I would like guess, like alien clowns, but a cotton candy factory <laughs> in a abandoned tent in the middle of nowhere is also something that i would choose like several yeah. things before that there's so much cotton candy yeah yeah when they push the button of the elevator mm-hmm. and it makes that like laugh oh. noise i'd be out of there i'd be yeah. like no <laughs> but no, thank you i i'm glad you brought that up because i thought the sound design in this movie is awesome mm-hmm. the i i like the synth like theme song of for the clowns too yeah. that's not the titular theme song but the popcorn noise that's in the um, cotton candy place, like the noises all the buttons make, you gotta love uh, like a whole. Um, what was the la- oh, shopping mall had this too? The big console full of buttons, yeah. not a single label on them. They're lighting up, but not in any sort of way. Just sort of randomly lighting up. Like, how would you possibly use that? Like, people have a hard time with like a smartphone when like everything is labeled. Yeah. Like, imagine you go to a console and there's like seventy unlabeled buttons that are blinking. It's like, all right. Yeah, you mentioned the sound design. There's a ton of like weaponized silence in this movie. Oh, absolutely. That's another thing. Yeah, yeah. they go into yeah. these really echoey spaces where it's quiet. Um, I think it's it's very good at establishing a tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is when the clowns like find them. And I wrote down here, they use the whole buffalo when it comes to clown iconography. Some of the clowns have like the popcorn gun. Some of the clowns have the balloon animal. Like, we're going to get to it later, but there's pies and popcorn. Like, they truly, mm-hmm. like, I imagine day one of writing this was, like, anything we can associate with clowns. Mm-hmm. Like, get that up on the whiteboard, and it's like, we'll, we'll um, erase it as soon as we put it somewhere <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, I thought the same exact thing. They really go through every single thing associated with a clown, and, and they use it. They really do. Mm-hmm. They don't do the same thing twice. No. 
And that was you. I think you said that when we mm-hmm. did this watch that they don't do the same thing twice because it's one of the monster movies where we see the monster within like two, three minutes of the movie and not like part of the monster. Like we know what the clowns look like immediately. And it's still kind of scary and eerie the whole yeah. time. And Steve, when we watched this, said he thinks the reason for it is because they're doing different stuff the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it never feels one note when you see them. You never really know what they're going to do because we don't see them repeat. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because like, I, I feel like one thing that I find really scary in horror movies sometimes is when you don't know what type of monster it is or what rules they follow or what they do. Like, I remember being terrified of the first, like, four episodes of Stranger Things because you never saw the monster. You don't know what was happening. It Like, that freaked me out. And then once I saw it, I was like, okay, this is still a scary show, but I feel a bit more at ease because you understand it a bit more. But that's a really good point because they are pretty scary and they don't do the same kill twice. So there's always something different. You're not really sure what you're going to expect with these guys. Yeah, there's not a lot of hiding. There's not a lot of, like, only seeing part of them. You see their entire... Yeah. And they just walk slowly towards people. And some people, like... And we'll get to it, but the people have various responses to, like, these clowns walking up to them <laughs> or interacting with them. Yeah, and we don't find out till much later in the movie, like, almost towards the end, what their, like, Achilles heel is. Like, mm-hmm. they've been shot at. They've are able to climb walls like they're they're good at everything and they can evade everything so that's yeah that's pretty scary i love the clown antics i can't wait to talk about more (laughs) yeah um the one thing that um i wanted to bring this up i didn't do a lot of like uh deep dives into this but one thing that did come up is so the popcorn gun was apparently the most expensive prop in the entire movie like get building a machine that could with aerosol like shoot popcorn which they didn't have to spend a lot of money to make that. Like, like for it, that, that hallway scene where like they're running and they the, the popcorn just shoots out? So the only part that actually is the gun is the part where they initially shoot. And then they have the popcorn. Okay. Like, that's all camera tricks, the yeah. rest of it. But just the, the gun would shoot popcorn. Obviously, the popcorn <laughs> doesn't follow you, like, uh, like, around the hall, like, the turns in the hallway. What? But the gun itself was apparently the most expensive prop in the whole movie. Oh, my God. It was in there for like two seconds. Yes. Yeah, it was in there for two (laughs) seconds, which, again, is one of these things when you have um, the directors of this movie are also famous, like, special effects people. They're like, we have to have this gun in the movie. And they kind of get they must have. There must have been a sunk cost fallacy at one point in there where it's like, well, we already built three prototypes of this. We're going to keep building it instead of just using camera tricks to do it or like making the gun look good and then just adding the popcorn or like just putting something in there. So it didn't. But apparently you could load it up with the popcorn, the fake popcorn and fire it just however you wanted. It worked. It functioned how it looks in the movie. Damn. Yeah. And the, but it kind of brings me to the one thing on camera that doesn't look great along the time, this is not a question, is the physical stunts in this movie. The clowns don't have to do a lot of moving. So when we (laughs) do see like the clowns get hit by cars, and the big thing that I noticed and made me write this down is when the two teen, the like two kids are escaping the clowns this first time in the UFO, they're doing like this kind of running where they're running up and down because I don't think those hallways are very long. And so it's very clear that they're like running. It almost looks like rear projection where they're yeah. like kind of running up and down instead of actually like running forward. And again, they do a great job because it's only like a two second cut or something like that. But, um, 
it's a it seems like it's a lot of movie it's a it's a movie that's very practical effects heavy but not a lot of stunts heavy the one stunt that really sort of um stood out to me is the one where the the clown yeets into the sky (laughs) where he like with the greatest of ease he (laughs) just takes off and flies up into the air and that's the thing they they can do anything Mm -hmm. like they can get away from situations like that that was that made me laugh though it was really silly it's really like Looney Tunes rules mm-hmm. where it's like they they can do everything, but they can only like do stuff in response to what's happening to them. Like a car's coming towards them, they can jump high in the air. Yeah. But then when they're somewhere else, they like have to walk there. Wait, this really is Looney Tunes rules. Like if if the Looney Tunes murdered people because they can't always get hurt, they can get away from things, and they try to make jokes at it all. Mm-hmm. Like it is just super silly and murderous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this the one thing that this movie kind of lacks and it that scene especially because of how silly it is and how strong they seem sort of (laughs) undercuts the end when they're sort of dispatched very easily yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but there's the one line in which i think is is like a critical line to that movie in um who framed roger rabbit Mm -hmm. when roger says or or what's his face says uh why didn't you get out of the cuff sooner he's like well it wouldn't have been funny yeah then. it wouldn't have been funny yeah <laughs> yeah and that this movie kind of lacks that like are yeah. they in it for a joke do are they dispatched because they think it would be funny to blow up at the end mm-hmm. i'm not sure i don't think so but uh, yeah it's yeah. it it does i think it it does an okay job it's definitely not as tight as who framed roger rabbit like one of the greatest like certainly like the greatest live action cartoon movie of all time like in its own right like an amazing movie but um it is sort of a similar sort of thing where it's like well the gag of the movie like allows the clowns to do it so they are gonna do it so the teenagers now make it out of the ufo and then we see a group of clowns and um the there are like five um oh i already said the answer well whatever uh so i was going to ask you <laughs> don't buzz five, in five yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so we, you a point. <laughs> we see the like five main clowns um so I, i'll i'll actually make it like this because i wasn't going to ask it like this does anybody want to take a guess at what the names of the clowns are the five main clowns that have like articulating faces and do the main of There's like names? yeah and the reason I know this is because it has yet to be released, but there's going to be a um, what's that? What's that kind of um, game uh, called? Asymmetric. Asymmetric. Yeah, it's an asymmetric um, multiplayer game based on this movie coming out presumably in 2024 it's from the same guys who made the friday the 13th movie uh video game where um one character plays jason and a bunch of other characters play camp counselors and it's like um the one verse like seven or whatever so i think it'll be three clowns versus like a bunch of humans or whatever and so there's different rules um Anyway, you can find it online, but they had a nice listing of the five named clowns on their thing. They're all kind of like based on what you would guess. Does anybody have a guess of any of the names? And you don't have to buzz in, just like, just call them out. Uh, You get a point if you can get one because there's no, they don't say it in the movie or anything. Is one of them named Shorty? Yes. Yes. The short one is named Shorty. Yeah. Damn it. There you go. I was going to guess like Babyface or something because there's the yeah. one like kid-like one. Yeah. So, th- but the other four kind of have similar rules for their names. If anybody else wants to throw out a guess for a name. 
being I bet there's some I bet there's some clown body shaming. I bet one of them is named like Chubby or Fatso. Exactly. Yes. Or yes, wow. Chubby is one of them too. Yeah. There's, there's both a Chubby and a Fatso. No, there's there's not a Fatso. Oh, well, in the extended list of clowns. I'm pretty oh, sure in the in the yeah. Oh, did they um I didn't um notice did they have a bunch of listed it, um it, credits at the end or? Um you could find them online and there's oh, like yeah. a big list, but uh, that did stick out to me cuz I was like, "Oh, we are body shaming the yeah. clowns." I yeah. think I think They're the all kind of fat. Yeah, not one of the initial ones, but there is one that's like like a lot like um rounder than all the other ones named mm-hmm. Chubby. Um, if there's no more guesses, is, is there a bippo? No, but okay. there's there's some that are kind of like that. And again, yeah. there might have been in like the when we get to the end, and there's like there's like the five main clowns, and then there's like the fifteen other people in clown suits whose faces don't articulate and stuff. There might mm-hmm. be, but the five main clowns whose like faces articulate and stuff is Jumbo, Shorty, Spike, Chubby, and Rudy. You know, I thought about saying Spike. There's always a Spike in something. Yeah. I'm upset I didn't. Spike is the taller one that has, like, the spiky hair. Jumbo sense. is the main one who who has the confrontation in the um, in the um, jail mm-hmm. with the green hair. Mm-hmm. Shorty, we already talked about him. And then Chubby. Chubby doesn't have a ton of one-on-ones. And then I think Broody is the one who makes the um, balloon animal originally mm-hmm. but yeah they each have classes in the video game and so i guess they have different <laughs> strengths and stuff like that Damn. based on their roles in the movie um but that's enough talking about the video game let's somehow go big, get back to talking about the movie um so the next scene that we have is um oh actually i think this is rudy um rudy goes to the drugstore um where there's a drugstore with a big monkey robot thing mm-hmm. like in front of it which is insane. Maybe <laughs> like, it's an 80s thing? It seems like it would be a place that you, like a different kind of drugstore, like a dispensary yeah. or something, would have like a monkey in like a suit outside. But again, Rudy does an excellent job appearing to be a clown automaton. Oh, he like doesn't the, miss a beat. He yeah. sees that, he sees people coming, and he jumps right into his character. Yeah, and I don't blame, this is the only time when a human interacts with the um, clown and their response a hundred percent makes sense to yeah. me. The girls like stop for a second. They look at it. It's like creepy. They seem to acknowledge that it's creepy, but then it's like just a robot moving. And so they're like, okay. And then they like continue going into the drugstore. Yeah. Like interesting choice, but man, I don't like that. These clowns have names. Now I'm kind of liking them a bit more and I don't <laughs> like the clowns and I'm like, damn it. They're, they're individuals. Uh, there's some good clown acting in that scene in the drugstore scene, mm-hmm. because like they're rifling through the like the items on the shelf like they've never seen a store before, which <laughs> I think is impressive. They're not like knocking stuff over maliciously. It's like, oh, let me reach one of these and they like pull through yeah. and pull one in the back. <laughs> or like let me pull this and like they tug on it yeah. and the whole thing falls down. Yeah. But not- it's not like like in other move bad movies you've seen where it's like, let me pull this and then I'll knock it over. So it's like no. Mm-hmm. I'm pulling on it with enough force to knock it over. Yeah, or my it. hands are kind of big, so <laughs> yeah, they knock yeah. over a couple of things. And yeah. it would have been funny if they've never seen a store before because they do bring stuff up to the cash register <laughs> as if yeah, they're going to buy it. As right, sort of yeah. a button, but that's... Yeah. that's I th- yeah, but I think that's actually five cuts. Uh-huh. Like, So that scene begins with the with on the outside of the drugstore, but I think that might even be in the third act of this pod <laughs> when that like ends, yeah. that scene ends. But... Um, but yeah, not since I wrote down not since Zat have I seen such carnage in a drugstore. 
which we haven't done Zat, and we may never do that. Might that movie might be too boring yeah. to do? But <laughs> I second that. Yeah, if you if you're at all interested, Google like Zat Z A A T and drugstore scene. It's like the one interesting scene in that movie. It's a big fish man like fighting a drugstore sort of. It's yeah. just very strange. Huh. Time time has proven that people are not interested. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, so yeah, this, I wrote down here, the clowns are equally clowns and aliens, and some of the stuff about the clowns that are aliens are awesome. The fact that they seem to be, like, real scaly and wet. I think if you controlled F for wet on my notes, you'd probably come up, like, 12 times. Like, these clowns are gross and weird, and it just adds it, like, the fact that they are sort of halting in their movements and sort of like slow plus their sort of weirdness it just kind of like is a nice synergy between those um so then we go back to the police station and moody says the terenzi brothers are running around with schemes to try and sell their ice cream so does moody believe that they're committing these sort of like like sort of vandalism in an attempt like sort of a gonzo marketing scheme to like sell their ice cream and are the terenzi brothers like constantly doing shit like this <laughs> like like is moody like i'm always they're always like one, moody's one step behind them it's sort of like the um the dukes of hazard but instead of selling <laughs> illegal alcohol it's like selling ice cream yeah and like it's to answer the question, yes, I feel like they probably have done stuff like that before, but it also kind of brings me back to the point of, like, what is their personality? Like, what are they actually doing? Because, like, he – maybe it's a Mooney thing because he just thinks they're going to be doing something wrong, not illegal, but, like, shenanigan-like or whatever and wants to get ahead of it. So he's not – I don't even think he cares about, like, crimes themselves. I think he just doesn't want, like, chaos in his town. But I, I also don't know what kind of scheme they'd be doing. Mm -hmm. to, so far, their only scheme to sell ice cream is to go where horny teenagers are making out and hope they're hungry. Yeah, like, yeah. which is a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it's a scheme, but it's like, that would work. And it's not illegal. Yeah, it's no. obnoxious, no. but it, yeah, yeah, they're not they're not doing anything <laughs> illegal. Like again, he's like he's treating like selling ice cream as like selling drugs or something mm -hmm. like that. You're allowed to drive your ice cream truck to places where you can legally drive it and park it and sell ice cream to people. Uh, once again, Mooney, he's just so angry. Um, yeah, <laughs> and you don't really know why he's so angry, and it's like he, you know. You wonder what is it that he's, you know, this could be a whole movie. Is like, why is Mooney so angry? Yeah. I would have loved to have a beat where we found out what made Moody so angry, but mm -hmm. that was just his personality. We just kept moving yeah. with it. Well, I have it later, but there's one thing we know from this movie movie that makes Moody happy other than violence against civilians. <laughs> um, but yeah, there is a, it doesn't seem like he likes many things. He seems to hate many things, mm -hmm. but only like as far as I, I clocked one thing in this movie that I, that somehow we go back to the, like, um, police station like two more times before we find it i was like oh surely that's like the next question i'm like no it's in the next like <laughs> section of the podcast yeah they really do cut a lot in this movie yeah but the next thing is a lot of cuts because now we get the clown montage where it's like the clowns are going up against a bunch of or like interact with a bunch of unnamed townspeople and we start with the adult man who goes up to a gazebo to see a puppet show mm -hmm. and is sort of like 
bashfully like like a like kind of it's like it's like as if like it's somebody who's asking them to dance and they're like up against the wall they're yeah. like uh, but then when the puppet starts happening, he finds it really funny. Which is concerning because the whole puppet show is about a puppet who doesn't know what no means. Yeah, keeps absolutely. harassing a female puppet the entire and she gets the last laugh. Mm-hmm. But he enjoys that a little too much. Yeah, it's like it's like um an acting of like a producer in Hollywood <laughs> or something like that. Some sort of like allegory told in a puppet show. And they found a way to do it without words. Mm-hmm. He really starts that scene like he's like a little kid who like their parent drags them to a puppet show and they're like, I'm too old for puppet shows. Like, he's like <laughs> turning away like. <laughs> he doesn't bat an eye when the one puppet disappears into thin air. Yeah. <laughs> like he like sort he, like, of cla- laughs. He, yeah, he, like, he's applauses, like, right? impressed. Like, oh, what a good show. The puppet disintegrated. Yeah. Then we I think I think the next one is the woman who gets the, the pizza delivery. And then there's the two other clowns, and then the third, the fourth clown comes out of the bo- um, box. Shorty does mm-hmm. great, like super practical stunt where it's like I'm assuming they're just holding the box, and then the the actor like steps uh, like through the hole in the bottom of the box. It looks great. It's yeah. like probably one of my favorite shots of the movie. Um, and then there's another one that's basically the same, where it's like the woman has the candy gram. Mm-hmm. Imagine getting a candy gram like that from your husband where it's like a box of chocolates. Like I get it, but the person delivering it is dressed like, I think that's um, chubby is that clown <laughs> who's like lips go like next to his eyes in like a mm. grin. Like it's, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> that would be frightening. Very scary. Yeah. These clowns really have a sense of human behavior. I guess because they kind of understand like pizza delivery and um, uh, candy grams and just like, and, and they're very subtle about it too. Like they're not there to create chaos. They're trying to do it like one person at a time without raising as many alarms as they can. Yeah. It's like Bugs Bunny doing a yeah. thing where it is like Looney Tunes where he's like, oh yeah, I'm a pizza delivery guy in this, this like a scene. I'm a this in this scene. I'm doing a puppet show in this scene. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, the montage short of ends at our second of seven trips to the pharmacy, I think, or something like that, where we first really see one of the clowns kind of talk. Like, there's a couple of scenes where the clowns are saying stuff in, like, a sort of language, but, like, a lot of the times you can kind of make out what they're saying. Um, I didn't... um, Oh, yeah, when he hands the box of chocolates to the woman, he says, like, for you, or in, like, sort of a... Yeah. Yeah. Like, I had a couple of those. In the pharmacy where he opens up the... It's like a cream or something because it's the shaving cream and then he sprays into the other clown and then he opens up the powder and like sneezes into the powder and stuff like that. Two of the most predictable things that have ever happened (laughs) on screen. There was like, there must have been something rigged in that powder because it went shooting up in the air. It was so (laughs) funny. Like, it was not like a, you know, sneezing into it and being like, oh, it's everywhere. It just shot straight into the air. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make this a question, but it's just going to be a comment because I didn't have the time to go through. They use that same shot of the pharmacist going like, uh, uh, <laughs> like maybe conservatively 200 times or something. It's like, why didn't they like do a couple of takes of that? They like did it once and they're like, that's fine. We'll just keep looping that <laughs> one time that he, he like puts his, his hands kind of like on his lips 
and then he's like he's got his eyes wide open and then that's it and they're like we can just <laughs> well you know that. why yeah. they, you know why they did that mark it's because he was gonna call the police but he's like well mooney will be so angry if i call yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to upset mooney with yeah. this crime to report <laughs> who's more dangerous these two like clowns like destroying my store or <laughs> dean um warnin or warner no. yeah d yeah or dean warner like coming in and yelling at everybody <laughs> the, the the scene at the jump ahead where he's just like refusing to answer all the many many phone calls that are coming in mm-hmm. like he keeps like listening hanging up and be like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna report like do anything with these crimes everyone's out to get me i'm just like you are the worst yeah we will get to that later oh. but yeah that's that's true like capital N narcissism where it's like somehow the whole town is pranking me. I'd be afraid to call the cops too in that situation, especially cause like I can't imagine it's the first time he's done that. Like if there's a trick or a, a, some sort of like prank out there, like he might've refused calls in the past too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would have been a delight during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, but now the actual end to the montage is the biker gang. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where is there a biker gang in this town? They're yeah. standing in some hazy alley covered in graffiti. <laughs> like there's like no space. Like the graffiti artists have to do like smaller graffiti in between the graffiti. And there are more extras in this scene than I think the rest of the movie yeah. combined. It's like 70 people in this scene. And again, it's supposed to be a college town. I, I guess there's local gangs, but it, it doesn't seem like there's really a lot more in that town besides the college. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was weird. But they they took a lot of time with that scene, and a lot of people got lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Shorty like rides up on his tricycle, and these bikers decide to bully him in a way that makes no sense to me. <laughs> that like if a biker saw them... And like the and if the clown like really came up to them and tried to interact with them, maybe they'd be like like hey, get out of here! Mm-hmm. But like they like walk up to him, and it's like like the it's like the biker in Terminator, <laughs> where it's like that I get. He's like a giant naked man. You might like come up and mess with him, but you see that clown. I bet ninety percent of those bikers are like, get away from me! Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But um, one guy um doesn't get away from him. And he has a confrontation with Shorty. I've got one question here for you. Um, in the Shorty says something in this scene in a clown language. Does anybody remember what it was? Okay, I I'm, I almost said this earlier, so I'm glad I didn't. He uh, jumps out of the scene, jumps back in with um, boxing gloves. And he goes, "Put up your dukes." Yeah, he says, "Put up your dukes." <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. And then he he says like the biker's like, "What are you gonna do? Knock my block off?" And that's exactly what the clown does. Yeah. yeah we, and then we get a little paper mache head of the guy, and then the one biker goes, "Damn!" And it's like the <laughs> it, it truly is like the best. Like, if you were going to gif a moment in this, is like, he really sells, like, the sort of, like, unpleasantness of that and, like, the, un- like, oh, like, that's <laughs> awful. Like, watching somebody get decapitated in front of you, he really sells it. Well, it was weird because I, I uh, forgot about the other times where they spoke English. And that was the first time I picked up on an, an, a clown, like, muttering English. And watching this with subtitles, whenever they were talking earlier, they would say like exotic alien yeah, language. Yeah, alien alien so, language was what it said on my subtitles. Yeah, I guess like I didn't realize that they 
could speak English. Again, I'm not quite sure what their understanding of like human culture behavior is, if they've monitored, if they they know how to speak English, but only sometimes and only to be funny. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought that was a little weird to like sometimes speak and then later use the puppet and everything to speak. Yeah. They honestly don't need it. Like yeah. you could, like they do a great job with with a little bit of emotion um, emote, emoting and moving that they do yeah. to really sell like him not even saying putting up your dukes it is sort of a hat on a hat mm -hmm. with that they don't do it a ton I, it doesn't bump me but you it i think it was until like the second or third like um beat of that that i really started to pick up on like sometimes they actually also have like to add a button they're like it's for you or put up your dukes or something like that like i don't know it yeah. it worked for me. I like the movie, but <laughs> um, but unfortunately, that's the end of the second round. Um, do you mind um, with the end of this montage? It's the end of the second round. Do you mind reading the scores, Mo? Sure thing. Um, still in third place is me with seven points. Uh, next we have Bob with eight, and in first place right now is Steve with ten. Mm -hmm. Nice. Taking the lead. Wow. So this is the third act, but I don't know. This movie is is pretty short and it also doesn't like three things happen. If you don't if you don't count like all the clown montage stuff mm -hmm. and like the set pieces, like three things happen. So this can be the third act. Um so after the sort of montage ends, um we go to the burger joint. Um my first question for this round does anybody remember the name of the burger joint? That would be Big Top Burgers. Yep, Big Top Burgers. So this is Jumbo's like big scene where um, he like tries to lure the child over. Oh, that was upsetting. Yeah. Well, luck. It only it only is like two or three scenes long or something because they cut away and cut back only like two or three times. Um, it is really scary. This was, mm -hmm. just, you, you mentioned weaponized silence. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. think there's like anything other than diegetic sound in this scene. And the the part where it's like, for the most part, it's just the clown like interacting with the um, girl, like, mm -hmm. like, um, like coaxing her over. And then like they, the they hammer. pan, they pan over and they see the hammer. Um, the two women who seem to be watching her, they have something going on. It seems like <laughs> that scene was cut because I wrote down, um, the one woman says, you know, this isn't as much fun as it used to be. And then the other woman says, it is if you're the winner. Yeah, I didn't clock their, I thought they were like in a bingo thing. I, I didn't clock that it was the, yeah, it the restaurant. Like it was like bingo or something. Mm -hmm. There was bingo. It's definitely Big Top Burgers, okay. and they're, like, eating stuff. It could have been a bingo. Like, you're absolutely right. There could have been bingo cards on there. I've seen this movie several times <laughs> in the last, like, like, and and that didn't occur to me. But you're you're probably right. No, I didn't clock it. I just, I that's where my mind went to when she said, like, if you're a winner. Or maybe, I don't know, like a scratch-off thing, like how McDonald's has those sometimes. Um, but, no, just for that scene, though, it was – I'm glad they didn't cross that line of like showing violence to a child in a movie, mm -hmm. but I also like wasn't sure if the movie was gonna do that or not. Mm -hmm. I was happy when like the mom came and like pulled her away the last minute, but I'm like, they already killed a dog. This movie has murdered so many people. Mm -hmm. Like I really wasn't sure. Maybe it's a, a testament to the movie that like, are they gonna go through with this? Are they yeah. gonna show this like violent murder of a child? Yeah, yeah there's 
there's really no violence in the movie. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to the one real violence scene, mm-hmm. like, in well, a little bit. besides the head being punched yeah. off? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the head does get punched off. Yeah, there's, <laughs> no, you're, you're right. There, There isn't, like, most of the time the clowns kill people by turning them into the cotton candy. Yeah. And so they'll, you're spared a lot of the, like, violence, violence. Um, the I was going to say the moody part is kind of like the one. Too, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when the clown is put into the cage with the other two characters, they kind of disappear. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of like um, implied violence off screen. Yeah. And they do a good job with the sort of unspoken rule of like the slasher movie where the more innocent or um, the more familiar the audience is with the character, the less likely like violence will be happening towards them. So like the little girl doesn't have any violence against her. The dog, we just see it get yeah. removed and we don't really know what happened to it. Um, the the A lot of the um, characters that get eaten by the clowns or like taken by the clowns are unnamed and so we have a lot of distance from them. Mm-hmm. And then the characters that we do know that are killed like are, I don't know what, if there's a term in like um, cliches of film, but it's like deserve it where it's like yeah. Moody has the most violent end and he's the whole movie is him being like mean to other characters mm-hmm. and like the characters that we like quote unquote are like fine in the movie. Yeah. And I guess I didn't truly believe that we were going to show a girl get hit with a hammer, but I, th- would, I figured there was going to be something to it where like he, pulls it around whacks her and she turns into like a balloon animal or something so i thought for sure something was going to happen to that girl yeah so mark and i have this inside joke that we've been saying many times for over the years for a long time the the concept of a funny hammer oh a funny hammer yes yeah Yeah. where it's like any hammer where you get hit with the hammer and then you turn into sort of like the accordion accordion. yeah Yeah. like in in like looney tunes where where it's like a and the hammer is normally huge right yeah like a big hammer yeah, yeah it's like it's like not like practical Practical. You it's could like, not yeah. hammer a nail with it. No. no. Yeah, this is a funny hammer. It's like yeah, a big mallet a that hammer. he's got. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. the um, And the other thing that's funny is that girl is so happy to see that clown. Yeah. It's not like the clown is IP that it would recognize. And it doesn't, and, it barely looks like a clown we would know. And he's playing peekaboo with her, which is weird because she's like, yeah. she's like 12. Like, she's not like yeah. a baby, you know? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, I did think for a moment in that scene that it was going to be like vampire rules with the clowns. Like you have to invite. It does them seem like it, yeah. Like outside, and they, you know, they yeah. had the pizza and they had the grand. Like it seemed like it was going to be vampire rules with uh, with clowns, but then that goes out the window. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing, it seems like based on how the mom doesn't seem to notice the clown, yeah. it also seems like there's some sort of rule that only the girl can see the clown. Because again, it's not like the clown's like behind some hedges or anything. The clown is standing presumably like three or four feet from the door. Yeah. The door is a big glass door and the like girl like opens it and then the mom's like, oh no, you don't. And she must have had like like horse blinders on to have only <laughs> seen the girl and not out of the corner of her eye seen the eight foot clown shaped monster mm-hmm. that's yeah like, and, and maybe that's why clowns are so good for this because people know them they know what they look like they she could have like clocked it but thought like oh it's part of that playground outside yeah, or, or big top a, like a burger, burger place yeah. with a clown that's not a norm like unusual so mm-hmm. yeah the, a lot of alien stories have the aliens like trying to blend in or like trying to adapt to fit their surroundings. So that that made me wonder: is the reason they're clowns because this 
town has so many clown things. <laughs> like they've got the JoJo's ice cream with yes. the big clown, mm-hmm. and they have the Big Top Burger. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's only two things, but like, imagine if in a Friday the Thirteenth movie, like they were going to like Jason Slays Burgers. Yeah, <laughs> like, that would be weird. Like, yeah, or like, like oh, a hockey mask emporium or yeah, something right, like that. Right. Um, so now we go back to uh, Top of the World Makeout Point and. Um, Dave is driving Mike back. We kind of skipped that part where Dave and Mike um, go to where the tent was, Mm -hmm. but it's not there anymore. The fact that there's a big hole in the ground (laughs) would also be like, at the very least, it's like they brought him to a place and there's a huge crater. Yeah, that wasn't there before. (laughs) Yeah. Like, again, even if he didn't know it's just a big crater in the woods, as a police officer, you'd be like, why is there a big crater in the woods? It tips you off a little bit. He even references it. He's like... He's like, oh, where? Where that giant crater is? <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. yes, that's where it was. Yeah, and, and like, to um, contradict, like, one of the things where it's, it's like, kind of a cliche in movies where it's, like, the Dave is real angry at him, and he's like, oh, like, but you think, like, you now, now you're saying you think you saw it, not you know. But, and then Mike is very calm, <laughs> and he's like, no, I did see it but my proof is gone. And it's like, wow, that's like exactly what happened. Like Mike is, there's several times where Mike like is says like, Oh, I'm flabbergasted. I can't explain this. And then calmly explains exactly (laughs) what the, what is happening. Um, that I think I literally have that like um, in a, in like the next scene we see Mike because we I think we have 11 more scenes between now and the next time we see Dave and Mike after the make out point thing. So on their way back, um, Dave and Mike are driving and um, they cut to the makeout point, and Dave's still suspicious after he sees the cotton candy, it seems, even though it proves Mike 100% right. Yeah. Like, again, you see a bunch of cars. One of them is on fire and turned over, yeah. and but they're full of cotton candy. This is, we see um, Christopher Titus's um, glasses, mm-hmm. which make the final appearance in this movie, um, and, he, and then he, like, undoes his hand, handcuffs, and then... We cut back to the police station where I promised this earlier. I teased this before the break. We see the one thing that Moody seems to be enjoying. He seems to be reading a magazine that appears to be a gun magazine, and he's laughing. Oh, I missed so, that. Yeah, That's so, really upsetting. Yeah, because I wasn't sure. What, I'm like, oh, he's laughing. What's the magazine? And then he turns the page, and there's a big picture of a gun with like that seems to be an advertisement so it's like a sportsman magazine or like a gun magazine or something but he's laughing at it which i'm 100 percent sure is just um the actor like vamping like and it and it works it totally works but um it really does add one weird layer to this character who in that same scene says he's like ranting about just teenagers like existing and he said i'd shoot them all which is some real like mass shooter behavior. <laughs> Again, how did he pass the psych exam to become a cop? I, mm-hmm. yeah, he was so terrible. So, um, Mo, you mentioned this earlier that he gets calls about clowns destroying property, and up until this point, he's hell bent on ru- on ruining people's lives. He even says like, "I'm going to ruin your life." like over small infractions somebody calling him about property crime and just because the caller describes them as clowns he like doesn't believe them you'd feel like he would leap at the chance like like help me like somebody's bought like destroying my like um store but he's dressed like a clown so he's like no dice i'm not going to do that um it seems like we're missing the scene 
where Moody is pranked to justify his mistrust. Yes. Like it should be the um the brothers mm-hmm. do some sort of joke or some sort of call in. Then they see it's like clowns, but it's them, yeah. and he gets all upset. Mm-hmm. And then everything that would happen afterwards, like, kind of makes more sense. That would have added to his character, the brother's character. It also would have established, like, hey, maybe they do this a lot. Maybe he has a reason to not trust these pranks because, like, he doesn't want to see be made a fool out of because, you know, ha- it's happened X number of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But nope. Yeah, something as simple as him seeing, like, the big clown and, like, starting a little bit and then, like, Dave being like, oh, what are you afraid of clowns? He's like, no. Like, that would have been enough to justify all yeah. of this. Even the clown on top of the ice cream truck or something. Like yeah. Something. Yeah. That yeah. He sees the clown on top of the ice cream truck. It startles him. Somebody gives him a hard time. Everything he does is sort of justified after that. He's been humiliated. It's been clown related. And um, the brothers were involved. And then it sort of did, like uh, makes all his behavior make a lot more sense. Yeah, that would tie everything in. But they did not do that. Nah. <laughs> He's uh, just angry always. Yeah, we didn't. That would, that would be real, uh, like a real justification to threaten to murder everyone. <laughs> like a hundred percent, you'd be, you'd be in the right. Oh uh-huh. man. So, um, I did have a question for this here. So, um, I listed the three calls Moody gets in this scene, all involving clowns. Can anybody describe the three calls to me? You want to take a crack? Oh, I only remember one. Um, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say I remember any of them. Um, I'm pretty sure one of the calls was about the guy whose wife had the candy gram. Because I remember him saying something about like, oh, my wife, she was just attacked by a clown. Yeah, so the clowns took my wife away in a balloon okay. is what he says. <laughs> He's like, oh, the clowns took your wife away in a balloon. You don't need a police pa- the police pal. You need a psychiatrist. And that ends up being the final call because he kind of picks up the phone again. And it's like a guy's just like screaming and then it like clicks away. At least we established the whole balloon thing that other like maybe just women were being taken in balloons. That is that's the only <laughs> other balloon thing. And I was thinking that when when we were talking before, it does seem that the only two people who are taken away in balloons are Debbie and this guy's wife, yeah. according to his telling of it. So, yeah, maybe they're just abducting women in balloons, but they also cotton candy a bunch of women as well. So mm-hmm. it's kind of confusing. Um, there's two other calls. You can give yourself a point for that. Does, can anybody remember the other either the other calls? Is is one of them like the clown ate my pet? No, that's not one. Um, do you remember any, Bob? I don't think I have a guess. No. Uh, okay, so oh yeah, if you want to. Um, so the first one is a woman calling. Clowns are at my door, front door, destroying my property, and he's like clowns, eh, or something like that. Like, he's, like, confused about the fact that they're clowns. But, again, this is a woman calling him and saying... About property damage. Yeah, property damage. Um, And then the second one is Mr. Myers from the drugstore because he says, Mr. Myers, they got you too. Uh, And this is the final scene of where the clown is piling the Mm -hmm. stuff. Remember back in the second part of the podcast (laughs) when we started that scene? Like it's, it's like a, it's probably on screen probably for maybe less than three minutes, but it takes up like 40 minutes of runtime over the course (laughs) of the 11 times we cut to the drugstore. 
And again, that's a person in the town that he knows and like mm-hmm. by name and like he I think uh He knows Mr. the place. And he and the, the drugstore guy calls him by his first name, I think. Like Kurt, like Kurt, we got something going on here. So like they're mm-hmm. familiar. Like why what doesn't he believe him that he's being robbed? Or even just drive over to the drugstore. Because at the very worst he's like, Oh, I can drive past the drugstore and if there's no problem it just says drugstore. Yeah. And I also wrote this down earlier. I, I had it as a question, but I, I didn't think that anybody would clock it. There's all, there's more than one sign on the drugstore that says old time values, <laughs> which is like, you don't want your drugstore to have old time values. They're like, oh, yeah. it's like, what do you mean? You sell morphine or something <laughs> like over yeah. the counter? Here's some cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. I was real confused by this scene with Mooney because I'm, you know me, I'm predisposed to, to believe authority. And, and I was <laughs> like, I guess we're doing the thing where the clowns really are a prank. And I was like, oh, this will be an interesting twist. And then it never came. No, the clowns were not a prank. In fact, they were really killer clowns from outer space, as the movie suggests, the title. Um, So the next uh, scene we cut to is another unnamed character who's driving in a car. And then we get a really excellent clown driving an invisible car that looks great. That's like, I think I I was trying to do the math in my head. I think there's three... Um, ways they do it. I think at one point, it's just the guy in a stationary car with the actor in the clown suit next to him. So mm-hmm. almost like a rear projection, almost like driving scene. There's one where I think they have a clown, like a big life-size puppet mounted on a wire on the side of the car so that like he does a turn and the like puppet like kind of smacks into the car. Mm-hmm. And then there's definitely a shot when they both go around a turn where it's a claymation thing in post where they have like a like a the clown like with forced perspective or um, <laughs> claymation over the thing in post. I'm like and it's like a five or like seven second scene or whatever it is. And I'm like, wow, this looks great. And, and it's like and then it's over. <laughs> Yeah, that was a quick scene, but I, that, I didn't think about how much attention. <laughs> no, I didn't, because like it was uh, that did take a lot of work. I wish it more came from it. Yeah, it's like that's what you get when you when I host an episode. <laughs> it's like you know those five seconds of the scene where I have two paragraphs written about <laughs> it. Um. So then, um, we cut to Debbie's house because Dave dropped Debbie off. In the pro, it's it's only like the one scene, but when Debbie and Dave and Mike are in the car, there is the weird tension, which we kind of have skipped yeah. over until now, where it's like Debbie used to date Dave, but now he dates Mike, and because of that, Dave doesn't really believe Mike, but then every time Dave Mike's like, but Debbie said this too, Dave is like, uh, I guess if you're right, but then he <laughs> sort of like dismisses it out of hand. So he like is like I'm only taking Mike. I'm dropping you back off of your house. Um, so Debbie, we cut back to Debbie's house. So it's the first thing she's doing since she got back. And mm-hmm. of course, what is she doing? She's showering because mm. it's a oh she's a attractive woman in a horror movie. Um, Slowly taking the shirt off. Yeah, exactly. There, I think it's pretty taste like they don't yeah, really. Yeah, yeah it's it's mm-hmm. for the. Mo- I mean, obviously, but she was like standing right in front of the camera while doing it and just like slowly taking the shirt yeah. off. Yeah, you don't see anything, but it's very yeah intentional. Um. So my next question, um, what is the thing that happens in this scene that indicates something is awry? Bob. Uh, the popcorn starts moving on the ground. 
-hmm. Yes, the popcorn starts moving. So I guess we're made to believe that this whole time, Debbie's, I guess she is in a big flowy sweater, but like the popcorn from the gun that was like a while ago has been kind of in her um, sweater. So when she takes off her clothes, it falls to the ground and then the popcorn can like start moving. Um, so we're made to believe that the, yeah. I think like, because they did a good job after the the uh, big top scene where like it was still in her hair and on her clothes and it was like obviously just like stuck there with something. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I guess like they, they believe that it did get like stuck in the hair, stuck in the clothes and like there was a lot more popcorn than I remember seeing, but. She's yeah. absolutely not covered in popcorn when he drops her off yeah. thing. <laughs> so it must be kind of like in, but like up her sleeve or something like mm-hmm. that, or down the, like her, um, the head of her sweater or something like that. So my next question, this is, you can buzz in if you want, but I don't know if I'm given any points for okay. this question. Oh. <laughs> what are the rules with the popcorn? Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I have a theory about this that I'd yeah. like to talk about. Yeah. So I think that... You don't have to stand on that soapbox. Yeah, no so one can see I'm you. I'm getting up on my soap <laughs> operas. I have my megaphone. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing a t-shirt on top of my two shirts. Um, so yeah, so I, I think they're like embryonic in some way where I think mm. the, they're like spores. Yeah, sort of. So I think the popcorn becomes the clowns. So because she gets attacked later by the monster. Yes, I'm glad you the, said later because yeah. we we have I think I think I counted there are four it cuts. It keeps cutting. Yeah, back to two, her in the two, two. Yeah. But it, it cut. It's like a snake monster with the head of a clown, like the yeah. tiny clown head. Like I truly think it is. And and the other thing is in the scene where we show where he says, "Oh, this is like the uh, what's it called factory the." Cotton candy. The cotton candy factory. There's a popcorn machine. Yes, mm-hmm. it's like a. Do- it sort of looks like one of those, um, one of those arcade games where you try to stop the light. Yeah, it's in like a big sorry. Yeah, a big dome. Popper yeah. dome. But then later, doesn't he with the shadow puppet scene? Doesn't he turn people into popcorn? Because yeah, then right. he puts them in his hand and puts them in a bag that's full of popcorn. Yeah, that so, is. So what is the life cycle scene. of no, this popcorn? So he, I think he turns them into small people, but he does put them into the bag that a originally popcorn. had popcorn. Yeah. No, he, well, the bag is full of popcorn. Yes. When he opens it up. I thought he just dropped more popcorn in. Well, there. that would make sense if he's kind of feeding them to the, like he's yeah. feeding the people to the popcorn. So mm-hmm. but maybe the popcorn are people and then become clowns. Yeah, my assumption because the popcorn has to crawl to a like a receptacle mm-hmm. that the popcorn does become the creature, the cl- the clown at one point, but it needs something like they do the dumpster. He also puts the because yeah. again the big top burger scene still isn't done. We still have to go back <laughs> to it. He puts the like popcorn in some place, and I guess it can consume whatever's in the receptacle, mm-hmm. and then. Like whether it's like the hamper or the toilet, which is what happens in the bathroom scene or the dumpster, and then it can turn use that like uh, material to turn into the creature that it is, and maybe the amount of material and the size of it allows the creature to become bigger or like develop yeah. more before it exits. Well, that's the other thing is that we only see five clowns, as you questioned us at the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's way more clowns later. Yeah. Like there's there's like forty clowns at mm-hmm. the end. Yeah, so it does sort of seem like they're multiplying as they're, like, killing people and mm-hmm. eating them. Um, unless it is just the case that those other clowns just weren't at in the beginning. At the very the very beginning when they run away, they drive away from the UFO, 
there are five clowns and only five clowns. Yeah, right. Um, and then also when they come back to it, we haven't gotten to it yet, but when they go to the abandoned um, like a carnival, mm-hmm. it's the same sort of thing where there's just the five clowns, like the five main clowns, but there's obviously scenes like the carnival and then the big top scene at the end where there's like 20 clowns. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the rule are. Have they multiplied here on earth or were there always that many clowns? Just we only see the five main ones most of the time. Yeah, maybe. Because they do have a lot you'd more popcorn. They, maybe that is generate them. You'd think they'd do a thing where somebody eats the popcorn and then like alien style, you know, it comes out of their stomach. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, those em- the, the popcorn in the bathroom scene that reminded me of Alien a little bit. So I'm surprised mm-hmm. they didn't try to do that gag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's no real topical references in this movie kind of at all. It sort of stands on its own. There's Yeah. Yeah. It's not like referencing other movies you're yeah. saying. It alludes to things or seems like like we've mentioned Star Trek, Star Wars already. It's like yeah. it's like a lot of things, but it is its own. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after the first shower cut, we go back to the Big Top Burgers where the we see the clown put the popcorn in the dumpster. And then we'll be going back to there at some point. For, um, but next we go to the post makeout point driving scene with Dave and Mike. Um, my next question here: um, Did anybody clock the backhanded compliment that Dave gives to Mike um, when they're like driving in that scene? Uh, yeah, he says, uh, "I guess Debbie likes." Uh, I guess she went for laughs over stability or something like That's that. That's exactly right. Yeah, she she obviously goes for laughs, not stability. Yeah. <laughs> she probably wanted to date someone her own age. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's a total, yeah. yeah. To me, that one line was the most character work of the entire movie. Yeah. It, again, there's, it, like, this movie has, if it's, like, 80-something minutes long, there's probably three minutes of plot like in the movie and then everything else is just gags like you could do a super cut of the movie where there's a scene where somebody explains what's happening because like 90 percent of the gags where the clowns are killing people are summarized by like the two times where one character explains there's clowns that are like killing people like you you don't even have to like see it to know that that's happening and that's funny because in that same scene um with the backhanded compliment um Mike says, like, I'll just go home. And Dave says, no, I need you to stay with me because you know what the clowns look like. Yeah. No, he doesn't need him to. (laughs) Yeah, that's not the case. You know what clowns look like. (laughs) If you see a clown in the, like, just walk in the streets tonight, stop them. Like, that's all you need. Like, you don't need, a, like, this um, teenager to yeah, help you. Yeah, civilian ride along yeah. to be put in danger. Yeah, well, the good news is yeah. barely after Dave finishes saying that, they drive past a clown. Yeah. And, Immediately, and, he's like, wait, there is one of them. Yeah, I know. It, it's It's insane. And then I'm surprised that Dave doesn't say, like, oh, I wouldn't have needed your help to find that clown. Like, it's seven feet tall and doesn't look like anything anyone's (laughs) ever seen, except the people at this bus stop who appear to be, like, loving this clown. Uh, I still would have ran. It's the middle of the night. They're waiting on a bus. Yeah. It's Like, this scene doesn't make any sense. No. And then a bus goes by, too, and that's where, like, there wasn't a clown there. A bus goes by, and a clown appears, but the people are still waiting for a bus. I guess Mm -hmm. it's another one, but. It's truly, that's the most looks like 
it's a scene from a play mm -hmm. part where there's like six people of various like ages and like class, like socioeconomic class who are all waiting for a bus. And um, then one of the clowns comes up and does shadow puppets. For my next question, um, can anybody list all the shadow puppets that they do? All of them. Yeah, okay. So there's a elephant. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe there's a... A, a classic bunny rabbit. Bunny rabbit, yeah. And there is Washington crossing the Delaware. Mm -hmm. There's two more. There's two more. Okay. Yeah. So those, oh. the first three are in the first time we cut, and then we cut away, yeah, and then yeah, we yeah. cut back. Okay, there's two more. There's also a T-Rex that eats the them. The final T-Rex that eats them. Which looks clearly like a different effect. Yeah. Like, it's like a completely <laughs> yeah. different effect because it has to interact. It with has It has red eyes, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, there's one more. I said the elephant, the bunny. Um, it's also one that you couldn't possibly do with fingers. Okay. Um, if, like all of them? Yeah. I mean, the bunny rabbit you could yeah. do. You can do an elephant. And I bet the, yeah, the elephant you could do. Yeah. yeah. And and it's not even like a whole body. It's like just the elephant yeah, head. I've Steve's doing like the shape. Yeah. But there's no shadows because we're in a well-lit studio and Ele no one can see it. Elephant is like the one I know how to do. Yeah. I mean, I've tried the Washington oh. crossing the Delaware and it's yeah. just, it's too hard. Can you yeah. see this, Bob? You think it's good? <laughs> it's great, Steve. All right. I'm going um, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna to roll over laughing like those people at the bus stop. Yeah, great. it's great. When that old man salutes uh, when Washington crosses the oh Delaware, I, I fell off my chair. I well, truly did. That was funny. Wait, that is is it a jack-in-the-box? Is it the last nah. thing? Um, so you got a point for that. But if somebody wants to um, like uh, steal, they can also get a point if they can remember the final, the fifth and final one. Do either you guys remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What it's was it? Oh yeah, uh, it's a, a like curvaceous a woman presumably. Oh, yeah, yeah, like she's sort of like a hula dancer or something like that. Like or That's like a point for Bob. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, Steve and Bob both yeah, got points for that. Yeah, that one goes on for the longest time mm -hmm. too. Yeah, yeah. She's like doing this sort yeah. of. She's got her arms like belly outstretched dancing. and yeah, it's like a belly dancer or like a hula dancer or something like that. Again, all five of those things are. Animals from Earth, <laughs> historical events from this country, yeah. like um, cultural things, so like the dancing, mm. and then a T-Rex, which is an animal that is now extinct. <laughs> a real animal, but an animal that you couldn't, if you were surveying the land, you could see a bunny or an elephant. You couldn't see a T-Rex. They know unless, the history of Earth. Yeah, yeah, and it's not even like a T-Rex like skeleton. It's a like a full body T-Rex, mm -hmm. which implies that they know what a T-Rex actually looked like or something. Yeah, maybe they caused the extinction of dinosaurs. Maybe. And then yeah. they left all these uh, cave art, art drawings of clowns and cotton candy, and that's how we got our clowns of today. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I don't care how good the um, uh, shadow puppets are. When you see a clown like that, you get the fuck out of there. Yeah. You do not stay for the show. Yeah. That thing is creepy as hell. There are much more typical looking people that you don't want to see roll up next to you at the bus stop. <laughs> a man dressed head to toe as yeah. a clown no, is not the person you want to sit mm -hmm. next to at the bus stop. Yeah, and there's the one when he does the first bunny rabbit one. One of the guys at the bus stop just goes, 
Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. That is. And I'm like, that's why are you antagon- antagonizing the crazed-looking clown? And at the same time, like, let's see you do one, buddy. Like at the very, <laughs> at the very least, say nothing. If it's not doing it for you, that's one thing. But yeah, don't boo. Jeez. Um. So they tried to um attack the clown by driving it like their car into it, and then the clown does a like a boom. Yeah, I heard the slide whistle with that. Yeah, absolutely. There might, there probably is some sort of effect, like a slide whistle or something yeah, like you'll that. You'll believe a clown can fly. Yeah, <laughs> very much. You'll believe a clown can fly. And then um, the Terenzi brothers, um, like truck, they're in a different alley, and like the girls are running away from them. But Oof. then also the truck must be in gear because then the truck um, is is also coming out with no driver. And it crashes into a wall without killing anybody, which is a blessing because it's a, a truck that's unmanned driving through a city, like town, like a town square or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one of my favorite parts of the movie where um, Dave goes, um, Dave and Mike split up. Mike is like, oh, I'll get the um, Terenzi brothers to help me. He goes up and he's like, I need your help. And they're like, what's going on? And he says, there's no time to explain. And then in one sentence explains everything. <laughs> there are clowns out, like here killing people. And then they ask two follow-up questions. And then he explains that further. <laughs> there was time to explain. And it, they believe him like right away, and sort of. He did it concisely. I always roll my eyes when there's a like a scene where they're like, okay, let me explain. And they just sort of cut to like after they've explained the thing in <laughs> mm-hmm. the movie that's what they should have done in this scene yeah. yeah well honestly again he explains it really well they should have cut back and no time should have passed because he was like finished explaining it um they yeah i wouldn't enc- uh, encourage them to do any more cuts in this movie bob there's like a, the this scene is already like four times we cut away from it and come <laughs> back yeah, I definitely could have done with less uh, of them trying to convince people about the clowns. Like, there's a, it really goes on for a while, like, with the cop, I feel like. So the next scene is, because, again, we, like, I don't think the previous scene we were just at is over, but we go back to the police station where Moody finally gets to meet one of the clowns for the first time, and... He seems to. I wrote down. I I bet he's improving a lot of the specifics of this, cl- like his like lines. Like he's like seems angry. I I should have wrote down some of them, but they're great. Like he's truly angry at the fact that this clown is here. But it makes his job so much easier if there's been a guy dressed as a clown doing a lot of property damage and terrorizing people. If mm-hmm. the clown comes to the police station. It like makes everybody's life easier. Like yeah. he didn't even have to go out and risk, I guess, humiliation, like um, to catch this clown. Um, yeah, you won't be made fun of. The clown is evidence in front of you. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of our main clown jumbo, and I wrote down here that the clown looks great. It <laughs> articulates a lot, and it's believably scaly and wet, and. Even the way he shuffles, in this scene especially, it almost looks like the clown doesn't have two legs. It kind of looks like it has to shuffle on one leg. It just moves so slowly and weirdly. And a lot of times it gets real close to Moody, like, and is kind of looking down, like, chin on, like, mm. like um, chest, like, looking down at him. Um, so my next question is, so Moody and the clown are at the, at the desk. 
What is the harmless prank that the clown pulls on Moody before he's locked up? Uh, he does the classic water flower gag. Yep, the water flower gag. I think the only harmless gag that's done by the clowns. Except that did not look like water. I thought no. for sh- I thought for sure it was going to be some sort of acid, acid or, or something. yeah, mm-hmm. like the dinosaur in Jurassic Park. But like it was milky, it kind of mm-hmm. stayed on his face. I don't know why they couldn't just use water. Maybe it didn't show up on the camera as well. Yeah. But it didn't. I don't know what substance that was, but I, it was not water. Yeah, I bet it's like some, yeah, something. some yeah. sort of yeah. thing that it actually might be a practical thing where like some that amount of water in the little hose they might not have, or even it might be water. It's just mm-hmm. when it's sprayed like that, it, it kind of. But you're it just you're right. So weird on his face afterwards. I I thought for sure it was gonna be like something alien like. Yeah, I wonder if it's like. Like seltzer water or something so mm-hmm. that it can go through there but it looks kind of like that and then so he takes the clown to the jail cell and then he strikes the clown which would have been a harrowing <laughs> thing to witness but luckily it's not successful the clown is kind of like mm-hmm. and like the clown doesn't seem to notice and then turns around um he closes the door on the clown and then the clown has the little noisemaker that has, like, the um, Nightmare Before Christmas, like, grabby hand yeah. and, like, grabs him. And then we, like, cut away. Um, and then um, I forget what we cut away to because my next point is about when Dave comes back to the, um, like, uh, Dave comes back to the police station. And I wrote here, imagine the security camera footage of the clown getting all that stuff together at the police station, <laughs> changing the lighting, adding all the footprints. Mm-hmm. He kills Moody, Moody and he has him hidden under the desk, I guess, so mm-hmm. that when the guy comes in, he can like get around him. Um, and then I like had here in my notes, we kind of touched on this before, like the puppet scene where he like wipes the blood off his hands after pulling it out of Moody, like puppeting Moody. Mm-hmm. And besides this, it's like a lot of light touches with the gore, I would say, for a movie where there's so many characters that are killed yeah. and not just killed like gunshot, like killed like violently and like for the for these monsters to eat. They're really that's probably the goriest scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it um it just it's affecting. Like it's it's a lot of body horror, it's a lot of like creature like like the fear of being like consumed or like eaten or something like that. Not just like killed or like like a vile like um having any sort of like just regular violence committed on you. Yeah, I was gonna comment on this scene because this is the one that really stood out for me the one time I watched it before this. And again, I didn't watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe we were in college, like during mm-hmm. the summer watching it or something. I remember kind of being in and out a little bit because I didn't, I wasn't really thrilled about the whole clown thing, but I remember this scene so well because this is when I stopped watching. Mm-hmm. I got freaked out by I think the cotton candy with them in the jail cell like activated like claustrophobia for me a little bit and kind of that weird body horror. But that scene with the puppet, like again, however young I was at the time, I remember being completely freaked out by that body yeah. horror and thinking just like, I, I don't want to watch this movie anymore. And so it, that kind of came back to me when I was watching it this time and I made it through, mm-hmm. but it, it is kind of the worst of it. If you knew that that was like the yeah. worst that it gets, I think that would be helpful. I could have yeah. finished it back then. Yeah. But like, it's especially because like it's, and to be fair, it's good. Like it is a good horror scene. The idea that he's using him like ventriloquist dummy and the whole like just taking his hand out and that noise it makes and him like splashing the blood off. It's mm-hmm. just 
it is incredibly creepy. I, yeah. I, oof, that scene gets me. And not to mention what Moody says. He's like, we just want to kill you. Yeah. Like, again, it's not like we're, we're here, we've come, we have to collect you to like reproduce or like something more mm-hmm. clinical, something like um, talking to you as like a resource. It's not like, um, I'm a vegetarian, but it's not like people <laughs> who eat meat are like, excited about the idea of killing a chicken it's like well we need to eat the chicken we need to eat the yeah. cow we raise the cows to like we raise the animals so we can eat them but no one is like we have to kill all the chickens yeah. ted nugent is like that oh i guess so <laughs> yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that scene in independence day because it is really the same thing um yeah. it's amazing yeah how similar they are mm-hmm yeah, this movie predates Independence Day. Yep, by uh, not a ton. Oh, it, wow. Independence Day is like an early nineties, or, or maybe mid nineties. Yeah. I was gonna say this movie's a like, like July second. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the whole idea of like using a human to communicate, like, mm-hmm. man, that's before Independence Day. That's yeah, ninety six is Independence Day, so this is about eight years before. Again, plus or minus with like, um, mm-hmm. like the amount of time it takes to, but. And again, it's it's a similar thing as well with the fact that the aliens, presumably the aliens in Independence Day are like, they need the Earth like to use the resources and they're like, we, we exterminate the humans and then we have control of the Earth. But there does seem to be sort of an evil or a malice or like they're, they're, part of it is they're excited or interested in like exterminating mm-hmm. the humans. Um, again, Mars Attacks is another one that's like that. But that sort of is a is a little bit more on the comedy than on yeah. the um the sort of like existential idea of like we're trying to kill all the humans yeah, yeah mars like, a- so i just gonna say slasher mass mm-hmm. murder yeah yeah mars attack is is really similar to this movie yeah in terms of tone <laughs> and again that's no 90 clowns. that's 95 i want to say is mars attacks like um yeah, 96 I as well. I'm sorry. So, they, yeah, they're both 96 movies. So I felt like the vibe of this movie was very similar to it, Gremlins in terms of, mm-hmm. like, the, the clowns are kind of just doing antics. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, like, sort of, they're killing, but they're, like, sort of also pulling pranks and stuff. Yeah, it seems like they're entertaining yeah. themselves as they kill. Yeah, the Gremlins, it's sometimes a little bit um, unclear if they're, like, killing people or scaring them some of the times like it does seem like they would be fine with killing people but like the clowns are very much explicitly like going after people to kill them um yeah yeah. that's interesting too that you say like they're they're doing the to make themselves laugh um and like they are really going out of their way to do these antics and normally clowns have audiences they have people they're making laughs for they do crazy ridiculous things to get like children to laugh but there's no one no humans laughing in this they're just doing it for themselves Mm -hmm. we're the audience yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So um, Dave is able to kill Jumbo. He figures out the one weakness: shooting them, um, but in the specifically nose. in the nose. Yeah. <laughs> um, which again, it it really does seem like you have to shoot them X number of times because it's always like the seventh time he shoots them, they actually like get hit in the nose. Like you see that happen once, and it's like great. I'll get a long stick and I'll like poke <laughs> them or something like that. Um, so then he goes to the dispatcher. Um, Jack and he tell um and he's telling him what happened. There's like killer. There's like a bunch of clowns killing people and like kidnapping them. And then Jack says, "Dave, calm down," <laughs> which always works. But if his story, if if Jack believes his story, then there is no reason to calm down. 
And if Jack, no comp. and if Jack doesn't believe his story, then that's also not a great strategy. Like, I feel like you'd want to be like, can you give me more information? Or like, that's not making a lot of sense to me. Like, what, what, what ha- happened? Or explain it more. So just him saying like, don't worry, help's gonna be on there on the way is like not the right. Like it that that kind of um, struck me as weird. Yeah. Plus, I feel like there's never any time where telling someone to calm down actually calms someone no. down. Like, like you said, ask follow up questions. Like, make him think a little more critically when he's explaining things. But yeah, no, that didn't mm-hmm. help. So then, um, I f- the again the um the brothers are driving Mike around in the ice cream truck, and they're doing the like yeah if those are killer clowns and I'm if there's killer clowns and I'm Porky Pig, and then again just like the previous time they were driving where it's like you have to show me where the clowns are it's like yeah right there are killer clowns within two seconds of him saying that we see the giant parade of the killer clowns and this is i think this might be the first time we see like the non-main five clowns where we Mm -hmm. have like the the um the um backup clowns that are like going around like killing people and i wrote down here these clowns are committed to their aesthetic whether or not they've copied the aesthetic from us or they brought that aesthetic from wherever they came from Everything is brightly colored. Everything is patterned. Everything makes noises, is glittery, shiny, is like impractically like moving when there's no movement. Um, You'd imagine that if these clowns were able to figure out space travel, they'd have some practical things that are like labeled and like seem easy to create or like mass produce and don't seem bespoke in the way that everything else seems to be. Um, And then... Now we're on the because I've cut a I've cut out a couple of them. After they flee the parade, we cut back for the fourth time, and Debbie's finally out of the shower. <laughs> it um, took her so long. Yeah, um, she spends pretty much all of the second act in her bathroom. <laughs> um, I don't think we see another room in her house. Other, I guess we do when she's like running away. Um, don't you hate it when you're attacked right when you get out of the shower? Like you're all clean and everything. Mm-hmm. And you've got all your like your nice clothes on, and then she had time to put her clothes on and stay Mm -hmm. in the bathroom while doing that. Yeah, and then some clown head just pops out of the toilet and takes a bite out of her nice cozy sweater, which Mm -hmm. stinks. Um, Yeah, so then the we've spent all this time building up the popcorn um, clowns. They kind of scare her out of her bathroom, and then the killer clowns are just there. Mm -hmm. So. They didn't even need that. She could have just walked out of her bathroom and then... Um, yeah, they're at every exit that she tries to get out of their yeah. clowns. Um, does anybody remember um, for the next question what the... Um, there's three beats to the killer clowns, not the, like, um, vines. There's three beats in that scene where the killer clowns try to catch Debbie. Does anybody remember? Bob? Yeah, so uh, first, a uh, clown shows up at the door and does an impression of Mike uh, in order mm-hmm. to get her to come to the door. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, she runs away. She runs to the window, and this is, like, my favorite part. She goes Yeah, to- oh, absolutely, <laughs> yes. She goes to get out of the window, and they're doing a big, like, Dumbo, like, clown firefighters at the bottom with they're, the thing to catch her. Um, they're all wearing firemen's hats which again are there firemen on their planet and they use red hats and everything they just know human culture yeah the the trampoline scenes 
the trampoline sees human size and the clowns seem to be heavier than humans. They don't have a bigger trampoline for themselves. <laughs> but yeah, and then um, do you remember the third beat? She like uh, she gets like, sort of knocked back onto the couch and then uh, she gets encased in a uh, you know, yeah. sort of ball. Yeah, the third one is I was I was almost going to just say the two beats, but the third one is sort of she turns around and the clown's like in her house. And so it's like, oh, so the, the first doorway, right? I know she they're already oh, inside because okay. the because remember, it was the doorway and she closed the door. She runs up to the window and then she like turns back and the clown's just in the house. Mm-hmm. So, again, all the pretext up until the clown is already in the house was not necessary. Mm-hmm. She could just walk downstairs and the clown was like in there or something like the, that. The clown is coming from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we kind of already touched on this. What are the clowns vines? The clown vines are they a different species? Are they like baby clowns? Do they work for the clowns, or is it more of a mutual thing? Like, are like they the popcorn clowns? Yeah, the, well, the, yeah, the vines, the, right. the, yeah, the post popcorn clowns. <laughs> Again, are the popcorns also the clowns, or are they? Well, I feel like Steve's idea makes sense that they're almost like embryonic in the way that like they are just not fully fully formed clowns yet. I don't know because they seem like they should be clowns, but they're just very alien like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's not that, it could also be like the little, the littler transformers. Oh yeah, like the, the little symbiotic where yeah. it's like, oh yeah, I'm a car, but you're also like, you can become like a boombox and like I can carry <laughs> like you set, with me. Yeah, right. Bawith Gradna Meek Ninibong. Yeah, right. I can coming soon the Transformers <laughs> episode. It's uh, like I can buy five of you in a little pack for mm-hmm. like twenty bucks. Yeah, not the same <laughs> yeah. price as like the Optimus Prime clown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, now Debbie's placed in a balloon, the only human. We see who's not immediately killed by the clowns, basically. Convenient. Yeah. Um, and now they're, like, chasing the clown. And then this is, like, the third car accident that somebody gets into and then just walks right off. And the cars <laughs> are all still in good shape, basically, because Dave, like, knocks it. I guess his police car is finally, like, destroyed this time when he crashes into the ice cream truck, mm-hmm. which, again, that's not really how either of those things work. <laughs> he crashes into a brick wall, and his tr- his car is fine. He crashes into, a like, a car that's just, like, stopped, like, and, yeah. and it's destroyed his car. So they're all in the ice cream truck, and now they're going to the, um, I guess, the abandoned, like, carnival? Like, if yeah. you were a clown... The, these killer clowns hide in an amusement park, but that kind of brings up the question about, like, the clown iconography. Like, do the clowns... If the clowns are always clowns, then the amusement park wouldn't seem like a special clown-specific place, or is it? Um, I also have here, like, they seem to have their spaceship attached to the, like, um, carnival. Yeah. Did they land it on top of another place is it like a new building to the security guard like what's the what yeah. is the deal with that the last time it left a crater in the ground mm-hmm. when it landed. yeah and yeah it's like a, the facade is like a fun house yeah it's and we see some stuff the, yeah. that is a fun house but then they're definitely inside of the spaceship the spaceship yeah, yeah. so i don't know if it's like they they somehow hooked it up to the mm-hmm yeah, and the response is like such a throwaway comment where it's like, well, of course they'd go to the abandoned carnival kind of thing, but it's, yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess it makes sense they would go there. Uh, that's what one of the brothers <laughs> says. Like, where yeah. would they go? Like, to the carnival. Of course. Okay. 
Um, I think when you enter a seemingly abandoned carnival, this is now like Mystery Incorporated's domain, right? <laughs> like you should leave this to the professionals, I would, yeah. I'd think. To the teenagers and the dog in the van. Yeah, exactly. You better believe that the establishing shot is a big matte painting. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, another beautiful matte painting. Um, the they pull the car the clown car pulls up to the security guard and the guard says the park is closed i'll have to ask you to leave but they've successfully driven driven to the park is there no <laughs> fence around this park like they waited he waited until he was like right in front of the building for him to do that and it does seem it's abandoned so i guess it's just a security guard who's there i guess so and so we get this great shot that i think i might have like out loud pointed to steve i'm like i love this where they the the like car opens up and then two clowns get out and then we cut to the security guard and then two more clowns get out yeah. and then we cut to the security guard and then one clown gets out how did they fit all five of those clowns in that one car <laughs> how could they possibly have done that it's it looks great though they really use every clown gag mhm so the all the clowns after they've all successfully slowly gotten out of the car all brandish pies did anybody catch what the security guard says before he gets pied? Yes, because it was like my fa- it was my, my other favorite part of this movie, which yeah. is that there's there's this pregnant pause. Uh, they're brandishing their pies. He pauses for a second and then says, "What are you gonna do with those pies, boys?" <laughs> Yeah, it's truly, it's up there with we're going to need a bigger boat, one of the greatest yeah. lines in cinema history. What are you going to do with those pies, boys? Um, so, yeah, the security guard gets pied to death. Um, so I found this online. Apparently, the filmmakers wanted to hire Soupy Sales to be the guy who gets pied since he's famous for being pied. But the studio, which again, this is an MGM movie. This is not like a no budget, like no distributor movie. MGM picked this movie up. They were like, they didn't want to sell out, shell out the money to hire the then 60-year-old retired children's entertainer for this one scene where he gets pied. And murdered. Yeah, and murdered. And again, I don't know if I would recognize Soupy, like 60-year-old. I don't know if I'd recognize... Like in his prime Soupy Sales, but I don't I, even yeah. know who Soupy Sales oh, is. <laughs> he's the guy who kind of is famous for the pieing in the face gag, like okay. from the, I think the fifties. Like it's a very old children's program, Soupy Sales, like Story Time or something like okay. that. And he would get like pied in the face. It sort of is like the like a big pop cultural pieing icon, <laughs> but. Yeah, it, it it would have been fun and it, it is sort of like a fun fact to include in this in this like three hour podcast that we're doing about this movie, but I can't imagine them putting this the money up to get a retired children's entertainer to be in your one scene in your movie. Did you see like who the person is that plays that? I don't I don't know who it is, but I it, he, like he's he plays it so seriously. It's very like Leslie Nielsen esque. Like, yeah. he's, like, very serious, like, what are you going to do with those pies, boy? Uh, which I thought was really great. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was just, like, they got somebody to do it. It's not like mm-hmm. this guy also has some sort of significance or is sort of a famous actor. I mean, I'm sure he might have done other stuff. I don't know that he didn't. But it wasn't like they hired. They couldn't get Soupy Sales, so they got, like, the second guy on their list to get pied. I think it was just somebody they hired who could do the... They got their under five and their sag card punched. So good for them. 
Sorry, Joey just like poked me in the back. I wasn't sure what it was. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, and instead of soupy sales, they got bread rudder. Ooh. <laughs> will that make it into the final cut? I think it will. But I'm bummed. Um, so, and the other thing I have is, so they flew their tent over the amusement park, but the security guard stopped them. So did they replace the tent that was already there? Did they sneak past the guard the previous time? Like, what are the, what happened? Uh, <laughs> not sure. Did they, great question. I think they must have already parked the tent, but then they drove up to it as if they had just arrived. Or maybe like the big boss clowns, the one driving the tent, and then they've been outside of it the whole time. Or is there something inside the tent still that's like moving it around? Because the tent's gone after it disappears from the field. And then I imagine that they haven't been to back to the tent. They've been causing the chaos. I actually meeting up with the tent. I actually really like that idea. That probably is the case. Like the car, they probably got in the car and drove away. Mm-hmm. Even though the first time I think we see the car is them entering the amusement park. Yeah, because we don't really see the main five in the tent until like the super beginning and then the very end. Yeah, so I think you might be right about that. So, yeah. The tent, the tent looks like a big Beyblade when it flies <laughs> up. And yeah, we haven't gotten to the part where it fully Beyblades yet. But, um, so now we get the four main characters. They walk past the remains of the um, the security guard that's been pied. The one brother really does look like he's going to reach in and grab like a big mm-hmm. like sp- scoop of the ice cream, and they're like, better not. He's like, ugh. And so this is the part we kind of talked about before where they all sort of writer's room, like um, throw ideas at the wall about the clowns. The one I wrote down is one of the characters ask, so they are intelligent, <laughs> but it spoke to you, Dave. And it like in it like explained like the malice that it has. It's like, we're just going to kill you, Dave. Yeah, seriously. They've, um, arri- they've arrived in a spaceship. Was there any doubt that they were intelligent? Like, did they think that this was just like some sort of act of God or some sort of act of chance that they arrived? They cracked space travel before we did. Yeah, I think they're intelligent. So Mm -hmm. the brothers are bickering like back and forth and like literally yammering on in this big, scary spaceship that has all this weird iconography. I think when they're separated from them, they're walking through that big hallway that's like, a bunch of like T-Rexes that they use as like a hallway to like wander down. And then they get separated and they land in a ball pit and they meet the clowns with big breasts. It's a true Bugs Bunny dressed as a lady scenario. I was going to say not since Howard the Duck has like a non-human character been female character been Mm. sexualized in a way that it should not be. Like it's too many like human female attributes to... But I'm Ugh. I'm surprised that you like I'm glad you brought up like attributes because they do have like two or three attributes, but for the most part they look like the killer clowns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like it seems like those two guys are attracted to them because I guess they have like they have like uh like balloon l- like yeah balloon <laughs> breasts and then like I guess they have like hips like feminine hips. But their faces and their hands and, like, their teeth are all like the killer clowns. Yeah. Like, it isn't even like they've softened those aspects of it. And I guess those female clowns are not murderous. They just want to kiss them all over their faces with all their lipstick. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the clowns wouldn't have any need for breasts if they reproduce through popcorn and sustain themselves by drinking blood. Yeah, but I guess they're also balloons. Mm -hmm. So it's a gag. Yeah, I guess. 
Um, and then just to go back briefly to the scene with them in like the dinosaur room discussing things. I, I mean, I know that I know what this movie is. It's, it's just all gags, it's a little plot, but I really would have liked it if they had that conversation more frequently throughout the film. Like mm-hmm. it was so crammed into one single scene. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, and then they, they were so quick to dismiss it in a way that almost felt comical. It's like, well, let's, let's stop talking about this now. Like we don't have to talk about why anymore. We just have to destroy clowns. Mm hmm. No, you're absolutely right. It's the one part of the scene where they sort of pay tribute to the plot of this movie, like the rules in universe of this movie. We didn't touch on it, but for many years, and the the filmmakers still say it, they're they've been working on a sequel. Apparently, they have the script and everything. It's just a matter of like rights and like getting the funding and everything. Hmm. And since like right when this came out, when they were saying they were going to make a sequel, it was there like it's going to be in 3D. And so when you look up, like, Killer Clowns from Outer Space 2, it always says, like, in 3D. So, again, as the recording of this podcast, there hasn't actually been any sort of, I don't think, announcement on, like, production or anything like that. Um, But, yeah, stay tuned for Killer Clowns in Outer Space 2 in 3D. And, I guess, the the video game as well. So we have the Torrenti brothers separated from Dave and Mike. And so Dave and Mike enter the Cotton Candy Room. I liked this. I don't know if anybody else noticed this other than me. When they first entered the cotton candy room at the beginning, there was cotton candy on the first layer, and then the whole second layer was black. It's like a black ceiling. So then they changed the matte painting um, when they entered that, like, it's like uh, columns and columns of cotton candy. So it looks like they've gotten, like, the whole town. They got more. Yeah, they've gotten a lot. Which, again, when, when it blows up at the end... How many people are left in that town? We're talking uh, like, no yeah, yeah, no one. It's like, it's suddenly become like a massacre. Mm-hmm. Like they killed so many people in this movie. They yeah. explicitly say, this must be the whole town. Yeah, he, they do say this <laughs> yeah. must be the whole town. And the, and, the, yeah. and the police that arrive at the carnival at the end are the state police. Yeah, they're, they're the, yeah, from, from out of town. town. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they might be the only like three surviving people in the town. And then I guess also the police chief who is very explicitly out of town at the time i just want to also point out that the terenzi brothers like they are in a life and death situation they're in this like they know that the clowns kill people they know that they are in the spaceship and the terenzi brothers are still goofing around they're like are you debbie's roommates watch me like jump down the stairs like this and it's like imagine being a person who's that oblivious to what's going Mm -hmm. on in your situation yeah, and at one point, Dave explicitly tells them, like, hey, this is serious, guys, so don't goof around. And as soon as he says that, they continue to goof around. Mm-hmm. He's holding a shotgun when he says that, too. <laughs> it's a cop holding a shotgun saying, don't mess around. And then they, like, all but start leapfrogging over each other <laughs> or something like that. Like, doing, like, this. Like, making a face at them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when Dave and Mike enter the cotton candy room looking for Debbie, um, Dave asks what color the balloon was. Um, does anybody remember what the other person responded? Well, I remember what color the balloon... It's yellow. So that's what Mike says. You're uh-huh. right. That's not what the balloon no, is. No, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. like white with yellow polka dots. I thought it was no, yellow it with red polka dots. It's a whitish yellow with red polka oh, dots okay. is what I have written down. So mm-hmm. yeah, but it really looks like, like back in the day before we had like rubber or anything when kids would take like the liver 
uh, or like the bladder of like a slain <laughs> animal and like would blow it up into a ball. Mm-hmm. It's got like veins and stuff like that yeah. in it. Like you would not describe that as yellow. Yeah. Like from my understanding, Guinness uses that to filter the beer. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. is that a reference? They I don't use, know how Guinness they is use made a regular. Fish bladder. Oh okay, yeah, <laughs> neat. The more you know. That was the second thing they thought. They thought it was a cotton candy factory, and they're like, "Oh wait, no, it's a Guinness bladder." <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've got the big poster with like the toucan holding the Guinness on it. Yeah, like how do we forget that? Um, but I, I, it's funny how they only have like the one shot of Debbie inside the balloon and they reuse that shot like two or three times. And every other yes. time it, the clown is holding the balloon over his head and it looks plainly empty. But hey, don't forget about the cut to Debbie being inside a balloon. Don't forget she's in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, she's got both her hands up in the air like she's like pressing against the again. window. Yeah. And, like, I love that they even go- say at one point they're like, is she in there? And then immediately cut to the like close-up scene and she's banging and they cut back. And they're like, oh yeah, she's in there. Yeah, it's definitely not just the actor just there mm-hmm. and they put like a filter over the lens so it looks like the inside, they out, they're looking yeah. outside in into and that's the balloon. A, that's a good point, Bob. When Mike first gets to the house and sees um, the clown with the balloon, like Debbie's house, he automatically says, they got Debbie, but he's so far away. Oh, yeah. And he, then when they're up close, they're like, is that Debbie inside? So, like, how did he know from so far away that she was inside the balloon? Yeah, she he would have been looking through a telescope to see her the first time. And then he's, like, cheek to cheek with the balloon, and he can't tell if Debbie's in it. <laughs> exactly. I just wrote down, this, like, uh, this is really giving me meat locker scenes from Rocky vibes <laughs> with all of these, like, hanging cotton candies. Mm-hmm. Um we then get to see the I think it's I think it is Chubby comes in and we get to see the straw, which is again a bit more scary than gory I had written down. Yeah. Like cause even the blood doesn't look like blood, it looks like cherry soda or something. Like it's super well, it translucent. Looks, it looks like pink cotton candy juice. Yeah, like yeah. juice. It looks less like blood. And maybe that the idea is they're turning the human blood into like another substance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the clowns are messed up, I wrote down here. Like, they are real terrifying, like, when you stop and think about it. They did a great job making monsters in this movie. This is a monster movie in the vein of a lot of other monster movies, and the clowns are a scary monster. It does make me think, though, if they're just drinking cotton candy, can anything be turned into cotton candy? Does it have to be a human? Can it be a chair? If its gun can turn things into cotton candy and then they're essentially drinking it, unless it's like meat juice, I, I'm, I'm gonna stop talking about this. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, yeah, what can they shoot? And and again, it's one of those things where they shoot something and just the thing that they yeah. shoot turns into not like there's no collateral damage, there's not like a spray or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's just the human gets turned into cotton candy. Yeah, they never miss, they always hit the humans. Like, you don't see a chair accidentally or a tree or something accidentally get hit. Mm-hmm. But speaking of shooting, this is the scene where they shoot the balloon to get um, oh Debbie out. I bet Dave could shoot the balloon. Like, I, I like again, that balloon's huge. And Mike's like, no, no, don't shoot the balloon. It's like right next to it. It's like kind of shoot- he seems to be shooting at like the edge of the balloon where like Debbie probably isn't. But if you think shooting the balloon will pop it. Won't, like, poking the balloon also pop it, That's too? what I wanted to say. He had a badge, and we'll get to the badge eventually, <laughs> but he could have easily popped it. He might have had, like, a pocket knife. 
I agree. Don't shoot the balloon. Like Debbie may not be able to hear you. She could be putting her hand up. There's such cause for collateral damage in that way. That was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So in a movie that's pretty much all montages and cuts, we get our final montage of this movie where Debbie, um, Dave, and Mike are being chased by the clowns through the um, spaceship. Um, And for my next question, can somebody list all the things they encounter between the freeing of Debbie, so like leaving the um, cotton candy room, and then getting to the big top room where there's like the final showdown? I've got five things written here. Oh, boy. Okay, so the one thing is is the... um, the sort of columns that move. Yeah, back I wrote and forth. the like the wiggling arches. The wiggling was what columns. I, yeah. There's the snake like mouth that they yeah, walk through. The big layer of the white worm snake mouth. Yeah, they they walk in to that and then they walk out of. Yeah, it. that's two. Um, oh, and I had four things. I think I said five, okay, but that's two of the four. There's the tiny doors, the doors that get smaller and the, smaller. Yeah, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory doors. So that's three. Mm-hmm. There's one thing that's not as interesting. It looks interesting, but it's like real short. Well, there's those steps that they climb down that they like hop down. I don't actually remember them it's, hopping down it's steps. It's after they like, it might be before that, but there there are like some steps that they yeah. like jump down. But Yeah, and I was right about it being five before, oh, there but, are five. but the steps is not one of oh, them. And correct. I just watched this too. So there's still um, two more. I can give you one point for that if somebody wants to try to get the other two. Uh, Bob, do you know the other two like set pieces? One of them I actually know, already came up. I know one of them, which is that they slide down a pole. Yep, the pole with the sarlacc yeah. pit at the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah, the last and, one. Yeah. Okay, uh, you can get a point for that. The the last one, they walk into a room and there's like a ton of balloons in it. So it's like uh, it's like up to like beyond their head height with like a bunch of balloons and they walk through it and they do a thing where we see from the perspective of the one end of the room and them walking into it. Mm-hmm. And then we see their perspective walking out of the balloon room. So it looks kind of neat. And then there's like flashing lights and like um, sp- um, smoke. So it looks like a party. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a very weird thing. Um so the I have another question. Um, well, before that, why is there a monster under the pole? What is the like reason that you have that in your spaceship? Like the Death Star had the like a monster, but that was eating the trash, I yeah. guess, in it. Like they didn't have a sarlacc in the Death Star. Maybe that's their trash chute. Possibly, Could but then they pet? all I but they know. also slide down it. It's just a spooky gag, I think. Well, that yes, that's true. But speaking of gags, um, one of the gags you mentioned um, are the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, decreasing size doors. Mm -hmm. For my next question, does anybody remember how many doors there were? Four doors. Four doors is right. So, yeah, they had four doors. And I think each time Mike says, there's another door. Every single time. Yeah, every time. time. It's like, Mike, keep yeah it is going it is sort of a weird that's another scene kind of like the running at the beginning where he opens the first door and he says oh he says there's another door here this is before they've opened the first door i can't take this anymore he says or something (laughs) to that nature where it's like 
he was ready to break and then seeing a closed door that he doesn't even know is locked <laughs> like like um like kind of takes him over the edge and then they're like come on open the door which again is crazy that he doesn't immediately open the door why doesn't why don't the eagles just carry them through the four doors <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Uh, I wasn't sure for a second if you meant Eagles, the football team, or Eagles, the like Lord of the Rings for a second. Or the band. Or the band. Yeah, yeah. Why doesn't Don Henley just carry them across? Yeah, shouldn't my love open the door? Yeah, you can check out anytime you like. Um. So the clowns, so then after the four doors, they finally get to like the big top room, and then the clowns surround them on the stage, and these clowns take their sweet time. They're so slow. Yeah, they could presumably like teleport anywhere yeah steve's sort of doing it it's like lazy butterfly net swinging of things moving as at less than a snail's pace with these creatures before could teleport anywhere they wanted they could um like they have guns and other weapons they run after people for much of the time including in this like chase when they were being chased through there um and then but they need enough time for the two brothers to come in their ice cream truck, which I guess that implies that they went back out of the UFO and then drove the ice cream truck in because they didn't originally have the UF the ice cream truck in the UFO. Yeah, they had so much time after their makeout sesh with the lady clowns. They're I, like, let's yeah. go back for the car. We we have time. Yeah, I kind of lose all respect for the killer clowns when they fall for the Oz great and powerful thing with this ice cream <laughs> yeah. truck where they're like, I am your God now. Mm -hmm. But um, it does sort of like weirdly out of all the things I like that bump me, it's like it bumps you kind of the least when you find out immediately after this that the clowns might worship the giant clown <laughs> that we yeah. find out immediately after exists. So I have this, and I'm willing to give people a couple of um, points. I'll let everybody take a guess for this because it doesn't come up, I don't think, in the movie. And again, if you buzz in and get it right away, then maybe I was wrong. But does anybody know the name of the giant clown? Because they have it in the credits Ooh. and on the Wikipedia and everything like that. Um, it is a you mentioned before about this movie not really have like um, talking about other movies or other IP. It is sort of like a, a the name is like a pun of like another um, hmm. IP, sort of like a like a portmanteau sort of pun to like give the name. So if anybody has a guess or anything like that, Darth Clown. That's like kind <laughs> of a similar. You're on the right track, but it's something like that. Remember, it's like a big, like, monster. Yeah. Do you have something, Bob? I'm going to guess Clownzilla. Clownzilla oh. is right, yeah. Uh, Wait, uh, I was just thinking yeah. that when you said monster. Yeah, it's like a giant Clownzilla. And one of the um, film filmmakers, the um, – I'm – I, I'm constantly like concerned. I'm not pronouncing their names right. The <laughs> Chiodo brothers. Um, he's one of the Chiodo brothers, who's like the director or writer, is also credited as Clownzilla. Mm. So that must. I'm assuming that's 
was just forced perspective or like composite shot of like a guy in a suit, almost like a kaiju, yeah. like Godzilla like situation. But don't worry, he's on screen for maybe 40 seconds and it was probably an extremely complicated like shoot um in my notes i just wrote his name down as the final boss clown yeah he absolutely is remind me of a video game where you don't see what the final monster is until the very very end and then you have to fight him yeah and there's one glowing like weak point (laughs) yeah you'd think so to the point with the weak spot so we know that the clown's noses are like essentially little balloons mm-hmm. that it might be hard to shoot the nose of even one of these big clowns. It would be very easy to shoot clownzilla, like mm-hmm. comparatively. Yeah. But, Bigger target. Yeah, but Dave is unable to like shoot it for a while. Like the other people leave the, um, well, they, the um, clownzilla destroys the ice cream truck. Mm-hmm. We assume it's the end for the brothers. The other two characters escape, like Dave sacrifices himself. But then as soon as the clown picks him up, he pokes his nose and then... But Dave is also the only one doing the heavy lifting in this movie. No one else tries to kill the clowns except for Dave. To the point where when they leave that area with the tiny doors, um, Debbie's like, oh, quick, I have an idea, and uses the shotgun to hold the door shut. I'm like, you could be using that gun. There's so many clowns here. Dave has another gun. Like, why aren't you all just shooting right now and, like, weaponizing your weapons? So in the defense of that, because when I was going over the movie today to, like, finalize some of the questions, in the scene before that, when they're going through the doors, Dave runs out of ammo on his shotgun. Okay. So the shotgun isn't useful anymore. That makes um, more sense. But yeah, but you, still you throw made it a at comment them. about it mm. like when we watched it last night. And then this morning I'm like, oh yeah, like Dave is shooting them as they're coming down. And then it like does the click where he's like out of bullets. But they know the weakness, but like Mike and Debbie never try to kill the clowns. They never nah. try to go for the nose. Like they could find anything and throw it at them, including the gun. It, it's just all up to Dave, and then they're just running away. Yeah, for for what it is worth, I there's not a single pointy thing in that spaceship. Like because it's all clowns aesthetic, everything is soft or spongy or like kind of round or something. So I don't know. I am I am kind of Superman racket- doesn't keep kryptonite in his. Uh, yeah, house, I guess so. so. Yeah, if if a pin is dangerous to those clowns, they probably keep them like locked away. Um, or there's so- no uh, chickens in Oz. Is that's what? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, then we see the most flammable spaceship explosion ever. Like that spaceship (laughs) goes up like it's made of paper mache or something (laughs) like that. It's not just an explosion. It's like billowy fire. Um, and we're like, we assume that, um, all the people on the spaceship are dead. No, they, (laughs) I guess all stowed away in the clown's clown car, which I guess sort of makes sense because, Presumably the alien technology is like like more powerful or something like that. Wait, was it Dave that was in the clown car? I'm All three of them were the brothers. No, because the brothers were in the ice cream truck. Does and the ice they, cream truck fall too? Yes, because I, they, I, they say, how did you guys survive? We thought you died when it exploded. And like, we stayed in the freezer. So then we didn't get caught in the explosion because the ice cream truck trips over and explodes earlier. So that does happen. They come out of the clown car at the end. So they were in the oh, ice cream truck okay, and it did okay. explode and it did like that when they were in there. They stayed in the but then, then. Gotcha. when the clown car lands, Dave gets out of the regular part of the car and then the brothers get out of like a hatch <laughs> in the top of it. And I actually have a question here. Um, 
one the brothers start bickering immediately. They're covered in ice cream and they're bickering. The, one of the brothers says to the other brother, um, like, you said if we buy this ice cream truck, like, blank. Do you remember what they said? Like, you said buying this ice cream truck would blank. Does that, and so does anybody remember? Oh, did you? They say, but doctor, I am Clownzilla. Nope. Oh, um, Wait, say it one more time. It's yeah. So the you um, said if we bought this, the brothers start arguing about mm-hmm. like the this whole experience in the ice cream truck, and the one brother says to the other, like the reason we brought this truck was because you said we'd, this would happen if we bought the chicks? truck. Yeah. Okay. It was. It would help us get girls. Which what? Like I. I mean, I made that a question because I'm like. I mean, girls like ice cream, but yeah, not but, that way. Yeah, but not like an ice cream truck. Like, I could, <laughs> I, like, again, like, using, like, going out with a date with a girl and, like, get... But if you're... If you own an ice cream truck, you're not on a date with the girl. <laughs> like, you're on the clock. It, yeah, She's it, paying you for ice cream, and that's yeah. it. It's like, again, you're going to a baseball game, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, girl, like in order to pick up chicks, like, I'll become, like, a hot dog vendor. Like, and it's like... Just go to the baseball game and buy her a hot dog at the hot dog <laughs> at the game. Don't buy a whole thing. Um, and then the other thing, and again, I, I truly might like make us pull over and like look at this, like because <laughs> if no one else saw this, so Dave and Mike and Debbie are standing next to each other. It looks like Dave like leans over and starts kissing Debbie like Ooh. on the neck or like the back of the head or something like that. Okay, Bob is nodding and it's ma- it's <laughs> yeah, making me feel that. a lot better. I was I like was I almost like screamed this morning <laughs> when I saw that. I'm like, "Wait, what? What is that implying?" That like I guess cuz Dave sacrificed he's like, "Now I get Debbie" or something like that. It's like, "What's going on?" That whole final shot like the three of them, like they just never talk about what happened. So I in my mind, I was perfectly perfectly okay with them being like okay we're a threesome now yeah maybe yeah like they're just like there was they were the three of them were together and then they never specified but i miss that entirely though power yeah. throuple kind of yeah. i guess yeah it's... And mike and uh, dave have some newfound respect for each other so why not yeah i mean that's that might be the scariest part of the movie <laughs> when dave started um like kissing Debbie presumably against her will and presumably she didn't she didn't seem to In really front be of her re- boyfriend she didn't just seem to be responding to it um, and then cut to credits and the titular song again. <laughs> um, so I don't have any more questions. Uh, do we want to read the, out the scores for the final part? Okay, this is a close one, except for me. Um, in third place is me with nine points. Um, in second place is Bob with 15. And our winner in first place with 16 points by one one extra point is Steve. Wow. So I've got some consolation prize for you, too. Um, I've got some ice cream Ooh. for you guys, so yeah. you enjoy that. That's nice. And um, I actually think this is the first time that we've had our um, the grand prize donated to us. Hmm. So let me just read here what was in this. So to the winner of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space episode of What Did We Just Watch, I present you with a pair of tickets to the New Wave European Circus Fantastique. (laughs) And it says here, um, just follow the road into the woods and then right out of town, you should come across it. And then there's no other information here. Great. Mm. Yeah, I'm so glad we're getting people donating to our show. Yeah, Yeah. we could take Clyde. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, yeah. 
Um, yeah, how is Clyde doing? Oh, he's so much better since I won the uh, Return to Oz episode and I got that life powder. Uh, well, <laughs> he's looking a lot fresher. Yeah, well, we'll continue this saga in the um, winner's round of the next episode of this podcast. Um, but before we do... Um, Steve, would you recommend this movie? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, clowns are scary. Movies can be scary. Clowns don't have to be scary, but they are here. It's it's a good combination. You you want your clowns in your movies. You want them to be scary. Mm-hmm. And that's what you get in this movie. Mo? Uh, I would not, only because this movie's not for me. Um, <laughs> it's... I, the more we talk about it, I do appreciate a lot of the time and effort that was put into it. A lot of the production value is really fun and great, and they do do every clown gag imaginable. It, there is elements where they do put a lot of effort into making it scary. Um, so I appreciate that aspect. And this, if anything we've talked about today sounds like interesting to you, then yeah, go watch the movie. If you are also afraid of clowns, don't like body horror, or don't like scary movies, then don't watch the movie. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of where I'm at right now. Not for me. Yeah. Well, we're making it. This is the end of spooky season with this episode, <laughs> so we'll get back to the normal Chuck Norris affair. That's true. Yeah. And in honor of spooky season, I did finish this movie when I could not watch finish it the first time. So mm-hmm. that is my uh, my bravery badge right there. Yeah, nice. Congrats. Thanks. How about you, Bob? Would you I recommend? Made a, I made a badge. It says bravery. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. How about you, Bob? Would you recommend this movie? Uh, yes. Clowning Around is great. Love clowning <laughs> around. Clown gags, clown antics. Uh, I think it's a pretty fun movie. Uh, yes, it is scary, um, but it's like, you know, not super scary. Um, and so, in my opinion. So I think it's good. Um, and it's certainly much better than Killer Clowns from Kentucky, the KKK. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I kind of second. Um, I definitely would recommend this movie. As far as like a like a eighty sla- slasher movie, it's one of the tamer. Like, there's no kind of nudity in it. There's really no language in it. I think the it's it's scary, but like as Steve sort of said, like movies can be scary, and like there is again, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But the I would say the violence is pretty manageable. Like I think you could show like a, like if a if a like a teenager like a young like a tween or something like that like was okay with horror movies this is sort of like a like a lower stakes horror movie almost like a family friendly if it's like a horror slasher family friendly movie this is kind of like there's not a lot of stuff that you have to like skip through or something barring like the scarier violence stuff and it's a fun practical effects movie like there's a ton of stuff worth writing home about from a practical effects standpoint like um like obviously it's it's not super believable but within the um universe of the movie it all nothing really bumps you and yeah sometimes killer clowns are just bad and sometimes you have to just bop them on the nose to get rid of them <laughs> no no truer words have ever been said <laughs> um so with that um let's uh, I, I did just want to add too. There's the only thing scarier than these clowns are those clowns in Congress. <laughs> Ew. All right. Well, I'm I'm afraid I didn't end this episode quick enough. Uh, Steve, do you have anything to plug? Um, sure. Go go to your local circus and <laughs> and protest the treatment of the yeah. animals. Yeah. No, I mean go to your local circus that has, has stopped using animals. Oh yeah. 
they've given up on that, which is good. Um, but yeah, go go see the greatest showman. <laughs> go engage in clown culture. Mm-hmm. You know, get into pick on clowns in alleys. Go, <laughs> go do it. <laughs> That's my plug. Yeah. All right. You got anything to plug, Ma? I will also plug The Greatest Showman. Again, P.T. Barnum was not a good person, and I don't want to make it seem like Hugh Jackman's trying to like brush away any of that, but the movie itself is just so empowering and wonderful, and I will watch that five more times before I watch Killer Clowns again. So oh, there you go. I like The Greatest Showman. Yeah. How about you, Bob? You got anything to plug? Yes, I think um, hopefully there will be a circus episode of Mission Rejected in the future. I think that that, oh, would, yeah. be, uh, that would be a fun mm-hmm. one. Uh, yeah, Mission Rejected, um, the show about the B team of spies. Check it out. Uh, it's a great podcast. Uh, a lot of great voices on there. And um, maybe you'll be hearing from some of them soon. No, mm-hmm. we're never. You're the only... <laughs> Uh, cast member or creator or <laughs> i think um the guy who wrote the original song or any of the writers none of them will ever be on this podcast next week <laughs> it, it's just going to be you and only you um yeah so the only thing i have to plug is to um ask you to rate and review this podcast please tell a friend it means a lot to us and um Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time in a le- for a less spooky episode of What Did We Just Watch? Um, actually, real quick, we also have a social media account, right? Has anything been done on that? Oh, yeah. We're on Instagram. Check us out. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you done any posts sure, on there? Yes. Oh. That doesn't I don't that doesn't seem like you do you have I those posts we have yeah, followers. Yeah. Me personally I don't have any social media, so I can't ever check on the site. So there is a social media account. Feel free to check it out. Mm-hmm. We'll probably be posting stuff on there. And if we're not, I should give the password and like to somebody else who will post stuff on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, look it up at what did it. we just watch pod? Yeah. With the underscores for each word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Well, check that out, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, no, you win Ronald McDonald or one of the clowns in the movie. Oh, yeah, that's our that's our our generation's Freddy versus Jason. But Ronald (laughs) doesn't have an artillery the way these clowns do. Who would he has to fight with the Hamburglar? Uh, Yeah, that's what. Yeah, he's got. I think Grimace would take them to town. (laughs) I think Grimace Grimace versus (laughs) clearly Grimace is like the chubby of the um, the, like when you're like when you're going like per like uh, character to character like. I would love to see Grimace do like a fanatic move and just like use his stomach to just like hit people. Oh yeah, belly check (laughs) them. Yeah, yeah. that lore goes deep. I don't know. Like aside from those ones, like 
there's the McFlurry guy who's like Grimace's oh, uncle. Mayor McCheese. What? Yeah. yeah, there's there's like Grimace's uncle is this is a guy. McFlurry. Yeah. He's, he's so he's Irish. He's his thing. Save is like, it for the Patreon episode <laughs> where we go through the we do all of the no, like um, McDonald's movies. I do remember there being McDonald's movies, but yeah. I, that that detail if escapes me. If I'm not me. mistaken, I think his name is it's something O'Grimacy. <laughs> so it's like it's like Seamus O'Grimacy, O'Grimacy or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Mark's on the case. Oh, Mark's face. looking it up. He's like ready. Of course. I'm trying to decide if you know if I, I should be offended as Uncle O'Grimacy. Oh, it's Uncle O'Grimacy. Yeah. I knew he was his uncle, which is weird. Yeah, it it just I don't even have to turn my thing around. Picture Grimace green. Yeah, green. He has a shillelagh, <laughs> a little green hat, and then a vest with shamrocks all over yeah. it. Oh my this is canon I never knew. Yeah, it's on the McDonald's wiki page, so oh, it's it's real. Too. I never remember the name. All right. Early well, bird. we're cutting the rest <laughs> of this out, yeah. And we're back. Steve a, would not stop talking about <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole with McDonald's characters one time because I did a uh, I did a D&D adventure that all the characters <laughs> were like McDonald's characters. Oh, yeah. that's funny. Oh, jeez. Again, save it for the Patreon only episode. Yeah, uh, you ever see that commercial where Grimace meets Donald Trump? We can't, we can't get into it all now. Right. We can't get all into right, it now. Right, right. And we're back four hours yeah, yeah, later yeah. talking about McDonald's. Yeah, now I know what I'm. Pu- now I know. Now I know what I'm putting at the end of this podcast. 